Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 107, which is the first of what we hope to be a long tradition of our holiday specials, which we're going to call our Hitchcock Holidays. Yes, I can't believe that we've gone over 100 episodes on Martini Giant and still have not covered Hitchcock. Well, let's just make it a yearly tradition from now on, and we have plenty of movies to get through. So we're very excited about that. So we're picking from two movies today. Uh, the first one is Notorious from 1946 with Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman and, of course, Claude Rains, uh, which is a little bit more obscure. A lot of you may not have seen it. And one of the most famous ones that we paired it with is, of course, North by Northwest, also starring Cary Grant. But this one has, of course, Ava Marie Saint and James Mason. They're both very good films. One is definitely an influence on the other. We talk a lot about that. Obviously, Dan Thrawn loves to talk about sexual innuendo, and we deeply get into that, as we should with any Hitchcock film. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Very excited to have that. Uh, I'm actually, I just thought about this today. Uh, for those of you watching this on video, uh, by the way, if you would like to watch this on video, just go to youtube.com. Uh, 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 slash at Martini Giant, and you can get our YouTube channel. I am actually drinking from a almost 30-year-old mug. I got this in 1993. This is uh, given to me from, by my professor for my graduation uh, because I was really, really interested in Mathematica, and he gave me this mug. I still have it almost 30 years later. Uh, Mathematica is really the program that got me into visualization and got me into, interested into computer visualization, uh, not not the traditional story that a lot of people have. But uh, anyway, I still have it, still drinking from it, and uh, there you go. Uh, I also want to note, speaking of interesting mugs and stuff, uh, this is your last chance. If you would like to get something for the holidays, of course, you can always order after the holidays. But if you'd like to get something for the holidays, I highly urge you to go right now to martinigiant.threadless.com. We have mugs and t-shirts and any of your merch you'd like to have, including our Too Much Escargot t-shirt, if you'd like to get that. Uh, so please go ahead and order from there. And don't forget to support Martini Giant. We'd love to have that. Uh, but yes, now... We're hoping that every holiday season we will have a Hitchcock episode. So this is a great one to kick it off with. It is Notorious and North by Northwest. Enjoy. Uh, today we will be talking about uh, two Hitchcock films. So the thing is, I think we decided we're going to do Hitchcock. Uh, I said we should make this a tradition, even though I believe... Uh, that um, uh, we'll probably forget to make this a tradition next Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, don't, I think we'll remember. I think we'll remember. I think it's a good. This is a good idea. The Thanksgiving Hitchcock is a good idea. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what we're going to do. I think we're going to try to make that happen. Um, and uh, we decided to start this one with uh, two movies. We started with the first idea was North by Northwest, which is a very good and obvious uh, Hitchcock film to do. And then we're trying to find a good pairing. And I, we had, we were talking about two different things and I think we got a little confused. I started with Notorious and then Dan, Daniel rendered Notorious as well. Eric said, I thought we were going to do, uh, suspicion maybe? Suspicion. I always mix up Notorious and Suspicion's titles. So yes, that's a reasonable thing. Right. But so we didn't end up making it Notorious, which is, which is cool. So Notorious is from 1946. Yep. And suspicion was, I don't remember. 41. 41. That's 41. Right. And, uh, North Final Forest is 59. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was just rewatching North by Northwest and I was like, you know what? Hitchcock 
was the king of virtual production. <laughs> he is the king of virtual production. In fact, I, I might as well jump, jump the gun right now. The single greatest rear screen projection shot in history, including the Mandalorian, is in this movie. North by Northwest. North by Northwest. Yeah. It is actually there's shocking. Which ones? Which one? Because there's so many. There's so ones. many. But the, the the classic bit when he starts running from the plane. Yes. Yeah. It's mine. I when I found out that, that was a rear projection, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I watched it again. I was just like, no. <laughs> it's impossible. Like the, 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 the Alan Shaw map painting ones. Oh, they're right. beautiful. Yeah, yeah and I also love the stuff like the force perspective. Like oh, when yeah. they were, um, he was going sneaking into the house. Oh, it's great! He yeah. looks at the runway. And there was a total little like oh like, yeah, the uh, miniature like, thing. Like all that stuff. Like the <laughs> thing is, like forest, all that. I love that forest. All the they, like all that stuff looks like it looks like an effect. It doesn't look real, but it looks very cool, right? It looks very painty, but very cool. But like that one shot of him running, where you see in our background right now, like I'm still. That looks better than Marvel films today in yeah. terms of green screen or anything else they've ever done. Yeah, like, really? It's utterly, utterly. Well, look how bright it is because rear projections rarely get bright enough. It's, it bl- I literally only discovered maybe less than 10 years ago that that was an effects shot. And I was, I knew there are other shots in the scene that were effects, but that's, you know, I was just like, yeah, okay, that's a rear projection. But I, I thought that this was like some clever stunt gag. So it was like they shot from far away and that's why the plane seems so close and they, you know, whatever the usual, the usual deal. I was utterly convinced for decades that that was real. Right. Was, you know, completely shocked to find out that it wasn't. And even now knowing it, I can, I can barely, barely, barely see it. The other one that surprised me was also, I was thinking about it. I was watching the, uh, the scene uh, at uh, Mount Rushmore when they're going after the, cafeteria scene you know when it like the cafeteria thing right mm-hmm. and then he's outside outside the cafeteria so you see him walking that's clearly at the actual place and then he turns around it's a close-up of him yeah. and then it's a rear projection <laughs> yeah you know that happens all the time and, and, and i was like why did they make why didn't they just shoot that and i realized like shoot. oh because one of them had to be on a soundstage to right. get the dialogue right so that, that, that was, that was, that was yeah. the dominating thing is sound recording makes those choices up until the mid to late sixties. Right. You know, it's just like, if there's going to be talking, we can't be shooting this outside. It's not going to work out. Yeah. Right. It's not going to, did yeah. you guys ever catch every time I watch it, it kind of ruins the scene with the little boy covering his ears. Oh, I think that's funny. Yeah, I do. I do know someone pointed that out to me. That it is, it's just in which the, one in, in, um, in the cafeteria what? scene. Yeah, at the UN, when the gun goes off. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Mount the Rushmore. Oh, Mount... is it? Is it Mount Rushmore? Yes. If you look at the Mount Rushmore scene, he comes in and oh, pretends is, yeah, no, to shoot Rushmore. her. Right. Pretends to shoot her. Gun goes no, off. No, she shoots him. And then, then uh, and there's then, a boy in the background. Right. Boy in the so background they're scuffling, and the boy goes like, little kid goes. Yeah. And looks yeah. back at them because apparently yeah. they did so many takes. It was so loud. He for knew the boy. that it was coming, right? He knew it was coming. So you see like, a little boy sitting right behind them. He goes, that that's not a that's not a scene ba- breaking goof for me because no, but every West, time I see it, I'm like, "There's little boy, there's little boy, you screwed up that day." Like the be- <laughs> the beauty of North by Northwest is that the whole movie is just so ridiculous. Like it's, it's brilliantly sweet. ridiculous, and it's mm-hmm. incredibly fun. Like the whole time, but it's not like you know this isn't operating at almost no level reality at all. It's just like here are some stars. This is hilarious. Look at how beautiful this is, and these are great scenes. 
and uh like it's 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 one of the only movies like i that i can think of that is sort of in your face about how on the fly the story was told and it yet it works brilliantly like it's it's like the kind of plot that they're just making up as they go but it's still feels incredibly tight and fun Oh, it's complicated as hell. I was thinking about like, how the hell are we going to talk about this? Because so much stuff goes on in both of these. Although I got to tell you, the first one, Notorious, there's a lot of North by Northwest in Notorious, but North by Northwest does it like takes it to the next level. It's almost like Notorious was a practice film. Yeah, like Notorious, like Notorious, and we maybe we can get to this. Like I, I love Notorious. I think Notorious is incredible. Um, But it's it's very much of like that's. That's the tail end of Hitchcock's first phase, like the noir right. phase. Yeah, well, it's it's the it's the British um, mystery phase, and like he's because he starts in silent films. He starts with like the lot yeah. silent films, and so he, like through the late thirties in England, he's making basically like um, uh, you know a uh, uh, second run English thriller spy films, and by the time he gets to the war, it's like there's like three or four you know like. Uh, the evils of the Nazis, World War II is approaching kind of stories. And so this is, I don't know if this is his first American movie, but it's like, it's an no, American. This it's an, was his third. This is his third. Okay. But I read uh, that and I was like, what? I yeah, thought like, it was his first. It really feels like it fits his, like it's like 39 steps or, you know, like any of that stuff. It fits in that set. And you can start to see the stuff that he later gets famous for in his second period, in his Hollywood period. Like all the ideas are percolating there. But he mm-hmm. is he is still very much in his uh like his older mode, yet he is making a very Hollywood movie. And that's what makes Notorious so sort of strange. Like it's like these are this is a big star movie. And it's a it's a star yeah. that, movie. I think right? the only thing about it makes it a Hollywood movie is stars. Yes. But, I mean if you had British actors that you didn't know. Oh, it would totally yeah. Like if if this were this like <laughs> Grant and uh and Bergman and Claude Rands make this like they lift it up to a different plane. Like you don't see Hollywood actors doing this kind of movie ever. You know, this is a very different kind of movie than they would normally be playing. And so it ends up being this bizarro mix of like North, not North, like Wuthering Heights and like a John Le Carre story, like this weird, like hyper romanticism yeah. and super like depressing spy stuff. Yeah. Her, 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 uh, her, she's a little over the top with how she falls in love with him. Like, it's very intense. Like I mean, the, I the, the initial push of the movie is like one of the thing I think one of the things I love about the movie is like the first third is one of the most like erotic, intense attacks you can see in Hollywood. Like the whole first 20 minutes is this right. onslaught of sensuality that must've been like mind blowing at the time. Yeah. You and know? it broke some of the rules because there was that three second rule. Right. Of on right. intimacy, but they went over. It is a it is a thirsty movie, man. Like this guy's like there's long takes of them very close together and whispering like so quietly you could barely catch it and like lots of wet sounds from the talking. Well, it's I was just like, Jesus, this is like this is unusual. It's certainly unusual for like Hollywood now is infinitely more chaste than it's ever been. Like Hollywood like Hollywood right now is like it's like Hayes Code Hollywood, only we're doing it on purpose. You know, just like nobody kisses, nobody fucks, nobody, nothing, nothing happens like that at all. Uh, but notorious, I was like, 
Jeepers, creepers. These guys are like, going to take to another were, level. Imagine if they released Irreversible in 1946. <laughs> it's basically like that. It's imagine like that. that. You know, like, right. what a scandal. That what TV Chatham Shark says hi. Oh, hello, sir. Yeah, I think I know who that may be. Yes, yes. Chatham. Yeah, that is, uh, that's my old oldest stomping grounds. Yep. Very uh, yeah, no, that like her... <laughs> one inch of midriff. Oh yeah, it's very daring. Very daring. Especially for like an elegant actor like Bergman. Yes. Like that was like that really She yeah, her her drunkenness was a little over the top too, but it was right. entertaining. It was a good bratty. Yeah, it's yeah. Good, it's good fun brattiness and like the, the like what really like she is definitely into Grant. Like it, she totally she sells that. Right. Yeah. She over, she overplays her hand in terms of like the drunkenness and like, you know, like her sort of like, you know, having, you know, sort of tantrums and stuff like that. But the, but the, the, the sexy scenes are just out of control. And Grant is like these, he is so, um, I don't know what to say. Like he's so sort of like play, he plays everything very close to the chest. Like mm-hmm. he's like, uh, like he's up, he's, he super wants to make out with her, but he's, resisting super hard and it makes the whole thing crazy crazy horny like it's just it's absolutely fantastic but was, yeah but his place is super cool too He's yeah like, super oh. cool super they're competing cool. also like there was definitely this some of the dialogue was so like noirish dialogue oh yeah there's some snappy that they had him play yeah. yeah yeah and so like there's very like there's very hollywood business going on in this very very british movie and then in between is this lusty because like Hitchcock later on, Hitchcock is always a very, uh, like he's always been very forward in terms of, uh, how sexuality controls people's choices yeah. and, and all kinds of things like this. But like, this is the first movie where you're like, this is, it's a little bit breathy. Uh, he and he loves it, sex. Oh, he like, loves it. Loves yeah. It, it. yeah and it makes this movies really weird. It's really yeah, great. Yeah. You know, cause certainly by the time. Yeah. Because like by by the time you get to you know Vertigo, like Vertigo is a pretty dirty movie. Like well, what it's like, what it's saying and some of the shots are pretty bad. Uh, not bad, like I don't I don't mean like bad, like he shouldn't show that. Like bad, like it's intense. But if you get to a movie like Marnie, right with Tippi Hedren, like Marnie is about a woman who uh, won't have sex. Right, she's been you know, she's like absolutely not men are terrible, et cetera, et cetera. The opening shot of Marnie is as yonic an image as I've ever seen in a movie. Which is to say, it cuts into, or fades into, an incredibly tight shot of a closed purse. And the folds of the purse look as sexual as you could possibly make something look. In <laughs> what like, do you in, mean by that? In 19, I was like, the first time I saw it, I was like, holy Jesus. <laughs> like, what is this movie? And uh, and it's a, and it's a movie that explicitly deals with sex uh, in some pretty harsh ways. And so and so like to see the seeds of all that as early as Notorious is really sort of spectacular. And then it's like Grant is fantastic, and uh, and he's he's like resisting the sirens call the whole time. And that's the first third, and it's important because like the movie itself is going to spend most of the time with him being pissed off and grumpy. You know, and right. and angry that this isn't go- that you know that she's banging some other dude, um, and so but you really have to buy in. He knew that you really have to buy into their love affair early on. So he, he like he shotguns it at the audience for twenty straight minutes. Uh, right. So it gives you enough 
uh, power to go all the way through to the end. To make yeah. those final scenes believable. To make the final scenes believable. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it and pays I, off because that final scene was incredible. Oh, it's fucking great! Like, there's so much great shit in this movie. It's just insane. Like, the plot's he, knows, great. Yeah, episode, too. he knows how to end shot. a movie without dragging it out. Like, oh, he did. Yeah, he gets <laughs> there. That's it. Shabam! Right. <laughs> so, as we're talking, we're talking about Notorious first. Then. Not like Notorious yeah, this first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, before we get. I just want to ask people in chat. I know Alan Schneller is there, and Jason's here, and then TV Chatham Shark is here. Uh, have you guys seen both of these movies? I'm ass- I'm ass- I'm assuming most of you have seen North by Northwest. I don't know if you've seen a tourist. So let us know in chat if you've seen them or not. Uh, either way, I am going to. We are going to spoil the whole thing for you. So I'm sorry about that because that's you know. But so that's this, just the way this, it goes. This is what this is. This is what this yeah, is. But like also, like these are Hitchcock movies. Like I think that these movies, like even if you haven't seen, you know, Notorious, it's not going to spoil Notorious. Right. Like, no- Notorious is really, it's a really savory movie. And, uh, but you know, like it's the kind of movie where you know how it's going to work. Like it's an old, it's a 40s movie. It's an old Hollywood yeah, yeah. movie. So there's no great surprises. It's just all, uh, savoring the execution. And the execution is just out of this world in that movie. Yeah. It's incredibly good. Yeah. The way they kissed him back then, man, I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, man. It's like this movie has, like, uh, what's the thing? Like at the end, there's, hmm, okay. I'm just going to jump ahead for one second to talk about a, a shot that obsesses me in this movie. In Notorious? In Notorious. Okay. She's been drugged, right? Yeah. Right? She's in bed. She's been poisoned. She's been drugged. Yeah. yeah. He's there to save her in the house. Yeah. He, You follow with him into the room. Yes. And then he leans down over her, right? Yes. And there's this very close, intimate talk. Finally, they're admitting they're love for one another in the most heightened of circumstances, like in a Nazi house, like everything is terrible. Yeah. Uh, and in the first half of the shot, it's all about, uh, uh, all the dialogues about you're in danger. I've been poisoned, etc. It's all the sort of like the plot elements. Right. And with that, the exposure is set. So you see both of them pretty clearly. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the camera, gets closer and closer and closer until they're, you're right up with them, right? And then uh, they start. It turns on the, uh, you know, the uh, finally he says, "I love you," right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which has been the tension the whole time. And the camera starts pulling out, and at the same time, they're dialing the exposure down, so he is a perfect silhouette, which he wasn't seconds ago, right. but now he's a perfect silhouette against the against the uh, the blurred out light behind him. And right. she's got this gorgeous light on her face. And it goes from this tension shot, from a, a thriller shot, to right. the most romantic shot in the movie. And they don't change cameras. They don't do anything. They just dial the stops down by, like, 0.5. And it changes the entire movie. It's just yeah. it's just phenomenal. It's just I still, phenomenal. I, way more obvious than that one was mm-hmm. the first time they did that gag, which mm-hmm. is when she wakes up from being drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then he yeah. comes in. And he's completely like the camera is like completely shot like yeah, it's like this. Like, yeah, it's a total yeah. Dutch angle, right? Dutch angle, right? And then as he approaches, she's turning her head, confused, and he's just like he just starts he to twist around, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this confusion of like, and it's like it's just like you know waking up with a hangover. It's yeah, like, it is. Brent, like that this is like good stuff, and even just the emphasizing of just simple props like the keys or the cups. Oh yeah. There's so yeah. much like there's so many great little subtle follow gags in this where it's just like 
like you're at the I'm sorry we're jumping ahead all over the place but like there's shots like we're talking about shots we're not talking about the plot. yeah this is just <laughs> execution and so like they're you know like they're at the party and you're worried that uh you know that they're going to figure out the nazis are going to figure out that they have the good guys have the keys to the the wine cellar right and there's right. the door of the wine cellar and there are these beautiful follow shots where you're following actors you know, all over the place is good into closes and out into wides and going through the entire and every time the wine cellar door uh, ends up on screen for anything just for that moment. All the background actors happen to have cleared the frame so you can see it directly. And the camera drags a little bit. So you go wine cellar door and you're like, it keeps, it keeps it in your attention all the time, even right. when it's not the focus of the scene. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, like it's that kind of attention to detail. Like he's, he's like, he's, it's like, I forget it's watching this movie. It's like, I've seen, you know, my favorite, my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies, like the birds and all this, all that stuff. I've mm -hmm. seen those so many times that my love for them is sort of like, I don't even notice how much I love them. Right. Right. And whereas this one I hadn't seen in a few years and I'm just like, holy fuck, do I love Alfred Hitchcock? Like this guy is just that, incredible. He's, he's just good at everything. He's well, the thing I I was thinking about it, to, you know, like when I was looking at North and West, and it's like, this is such a good movie. And on top of that, this is a movie that everyone can like, right? This is almost like a summer blockbuster yes. film. Yes. You know, I mean, all the action, all the excitement, everything. Yep. And you add Hitchcock to the top of it. Yeah. On top it's, of it. it's like he's just got like <laughs> North and Northwest. It's like it's so breezy, but so satisfying. Did you notice his cameo? Oh, in the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's in good. Notorious. No, oh, it's it Notorious. Notorious. What is it, Notorious? Yeah, he does. He does. I think that's the first film he started doing. No, it isn't. The where is he in Notorious? They, um, where he goes into the back. Cary Grant is uh, just leaves her talking because he's jealous they were sitting down. Right. He goes into the kitchen to see the amount of champagne. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yep. And so he looks into the ice bucket, and a guy walks up and just grabs. Her, goes, ah. Oh, down. that must have been Hitchcock. I didn't. That I didn't was Hitchcock. That's yeah. funny. That's funny. That's about that one. So when he enters the door, there's a guy in the foreground drinking from the waiter's tray before it goes out. Oh, it's so that's yeah, so good. I'm gonna watch that. I I want to watch this movie again. I enjoyed it so much. I, I hadn't. It has been a while. Yeah, and like it's such a because uh, it it's satisfied because like a lot of old Hollywood movies, like the like like for instance, like Casablanca is one of the great films of all time, no doubt about it. Like, sure. It is one of the great films of all time because the cast is flawless, and, the and two members of the perfect. cast <laughs> were in tourists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the cast is flawless, and the and the uh, um, uh, and the script is perfect. Right. Right. It is a uh, and this is no. I'm not being hard on anybody. Like it's a perfectly well directed film. Like it's not a notably well directed film. Like it's it's a very journeyman, journeyman style production. It's like you can tell that this is a Hollywood product. Everything is done extremely well. There's not a lot to distract. You know, there's not a lot of uh, identity to the filmmaking. It's very well done. It's not, I'm not saying it's badly directed. It's very, very tightly directed. And the editing in particular is great. But like you look at Notorious, Notorious must have seemed like Pulp Fiction compared yeah. to. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Like it's so like it's got so much identity to the camera and so much identity to the flavor of the movie. And it's all in technique. And nobody was doing that in Hollywood. And so to see like Hollywood movies do that at the time is just like really weird. It's, it's extremely cutting edge. And, uh, and now like to compare it to now, like I was thinking of, and you know, I don't mean to constantly blast 
whatever Marvel movies. The Marvel movies are sort of like a, you know, I I don't actually mean specifically Marvel movies when I complain. I'm just mean like generic yeah. Hollywood products of today. Like you watch Notorious and you can tell exactly how lazy the fucking filmmaking is in everything else you watch. Oh yeah, like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Well, so much thought goes into everything, and. It, I think, you know, one of the reasons so much thought goes into it is like, you have to really plan these shots because of the amount of work it took to move a camera around, do a set, do yeah. an extension, the lights a matte are, painting. The lights are so hot, like people uh, will pass out, right? right. The camera is, is the, the camera's like a fucking refrigerator packed with ham that you're <laughs> right. trying to make move fluidly. And, uh, and all of this is just like, you got like all these people try to lift this gear and do, and do it smoothly is like, like a circus act. Right. Yeah, and uh, and so like that we have everything so easy now, comparatively easy. It's all still very hard to make movies. Uh, uh, that we don't put a lot of thought into it is is evident. Like these guys were like, we you know this is going to be hard, and we have, we want to figure out how to do it anyway. You could just leave the camera there; it would look like a regular Hollywood movie, and no one would care. But they're just like, nope, we're going to figure out a way to have the fucking camera start at the top of the ballroom ceiling. And go all the way down to the key in her hand. We're gonna figure it out. <laughs> Have you seen the contraption to film that they made? No, I can't imagine it. Yeah, look it up. It's it's a wooden. I mean, it's. it's I'll pull it out and show you guys. It's crazy. And it's they were talking. I saw this interview where they're talking about the camera. They couldn't really see through the camera because it was like a parallax uh, lens on the side. Oh, so, you mean a, you mean a, a, a periscope? Yeah, well, you, no, you're, getting, a, you're getting a non-reflective camera. Yeah, it's, Meaning, it's not a mirror mirror based system. It's a, yeah, it wasn't like mirror based. Right. So it was just a lens on the side right. of the big refrigerator. Yeah, and right. so you have to put your line up, and then you kind of you have to basically align and then move the camera over to see at a what certain degree see. what it right. is. But right. when you're doing this crane shot, no, it's impossible. Know. So they just that's why the hand went out of focus before they opened it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's then that's perfectly. In fact, like not only is that acceptable, I actually like that stuff. I like the little, you know, like so they don't nail the focus on the coffee cup, and that's cool. Like I like, there's so much beauty going, and there's so much thought going into this thing. Like I don't give a shit if they don't fucking it's not crystal. That's fine, you know. But that that one shot, and not only that, he had the balls to show it, shoot it with uh, a a a, sh- a much shorter lens, like. And this is also why there's focus issues, but it's like when you, uh, when you do dolly shots and there's loads of these things in this movie, you like people often opt for short lenses, rather I was, I meant long ones before they go for shorter lenses because there's more distortion and more travel, uh, Mm -hmm. in the image. And so it feels more exciting in terms of a single shot. Uh, Hitchcock doesn't do that. Like he uses longer lenses. And then, so when you're dollying in or moving around behind actors, like, you don't get that sort of Kubrickian movement. Like everything is just sort of shifting in strange ways. And so uh, it produces a, a, a weird mood rather than a showy shot. Right. And so when they do the, the, the come down from the ceiling down to the key, like it never feels like you're aware of the camera. Like it's just that you end up on the key and only afterwards do you, wait, did this start in the ceiling? <laughs> you know right. and, and so he never breaks the movie 
to wow you. It's only yeah. in, in, in thinking about it. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he, makes, it, he makes it part the of the story. One, yes. To all yeah. the listeners, the second link, the first one's a great article. The second one, if you scroll down, you can see the rig. Oh, let's see this. This freaking thing. I'm, I'm clicking. Oh, my stuff. God. Jesus. Yeah, and so that lens you see on the side, see how it's different? They, oh, yeah. Look at it. You have to slide it in and measure, and that would be the That looks crux. dangerous. I, that looks oh, like yeah. ha- hazard pay for the camera. <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful object. Yeah. What a beautiful object it is. So that's why it was really tough, tough, tough to shoot that thing. Oh, because it was like in, to move that rig off the um, – to get that thing – no, yeah. going. I mean, just think, just, just if you guys look at that, 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 that link, you'll basically see like it starts off way at the top of like, you know, essentially like five stories up yeah. by a yeah. chandelier and goes all the way down to a macro shot of, her, of a it key is, in her hand. It's, it's truly incredible. And, look the, at and the, I, the third link I sent, so look at that. It's just basically timber. Oh my God. Yeah. That's <laughs> totally that. making it up. You're like, I don't if know. You look, at the third together. Link, look at the photo. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, literally, let's go to Home Depot, get some wood, and make this thing. <laughs> that is fantastic, man. Look at that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, just I, like, barely, I, I just don't know if it has enough nails in it. Like, it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's you're like, right. This is dangerous. This is like, like some weird, shitty ride you'd find off the highway. Yeah, you're just like, oh, it's like, so, like, oh, wow. like a bunch of, you know, seven year olds made a treehouse. <laughs> if you scroll down, there's a gallery. Oh, it's pretty. So it great. looks so rickety. It's unbelievable. That looks yeah. like bad news, man. I, that was, I, I would like, not get up fall on Bergman, and we're all going to be shot. This is bad news. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay, so like, okay, yeah, we got to get into the plot. We got to get, get into the plot. This movie right. is like loaded with technique. And I, I'm, I'm going to try fly without, uh, without my notes. So you guys have to correct me if I do it. But anyway, it starts off. I believe it starts off in the courtroom. Am I correct? Yeah. Great courtroom mm-hmm. stuff. Florida. It's, it's in Florida, and the courtroom is uh, not. A, it's not actually in the courtroom, which is a really good part of the story. It's just outside the courtroom, a bunch of guys with uh, uh, journalists with cameras, right? Yeah. So, so try obviously, you know, like you know, you're in a courtroom. Right? I think it says something about Florida courtroom, whatever. And then you don't actually enter the courtroom. You just see someone open the door with a crack, looking through the crack at what's happening, and the, what's happening at that moment, he's being deliberated and told. You know that he's been on trial for treason. This right. guy's going to try, right? The, and he Nazi. starts making some big thing there, um, uh, and uh, and then as some big, he starts making a big speech, and he has to save it for the save it for the appeal, right? And then and then that's not what's happening. And then he leaves, and then it's like she's coming out, she's coming out, and here comes Ingrid Bergman, right? And uh, she's got this, and it's like. How do you feel about your father? You know, blah 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 blah. And it's like as a traitor to the country or whatever. And basically, you find out that somehow he did something that made him get you know arrested for treason. Yeah, her, her Ingrid Bergman's dad is Nazi, right? And uh, and he's he's done something. Kind of. Yeah, like he, well, it's, <laughs> we don't, it's like, yeah, he's a he's a Nazi. He's working for it's like he's working against America for Germany, right? And. Uh, and uh, well, and enough so that they have all the recordings, right? Which you realize later, so that's right. enough to and so to like condemn him, like it, it's because it, it's it, the, the the actual plot line is that uh, it, like whatever this H.G. Farben or something like this is like 
trying to you know, like work to get something made. We don't you know. Like there's like, there's the, there's the actual sort of like plot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, the short bit is that this is Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman versus the Nazis. And the, the Nazis though, there's no Nazis in the movie in terms of like dudes in Nazi suits. It's all just, uh, German business people who are assisting the German war machine is, right. is, is, is what, what's going on. And so, uh, Ingrid Bergman, uh, is, you know, people are like, you're a scumbag because your father is a traitor helping the German war machine. That's the setup you get from the beginning. It, it is, but she's also very pro-American and her mother yes. was American, mm-hmm. right? So she's, she's upset at her father, right. but she's also kind of, you know, not necessarily, not, not, not when it was respects her, right? And so right. in, in her rebellious act after her dad gets arrested, uh, she has a party in which point she's invited a whole bunch of people and she is getting drunk at the party. Right. Right. She and is, she, she is heavily slut shamed at the beginning of this movie by everyone around her. Like, that's true. You're, she, you're, you're a scumbag. Your father is a traitor. And she's just like, well, well fine. I, you know, I, I hated I, my father, but fuck you all anyway. <laughs> you know? I always saw it as just she's a brat. Oh, I'm, I'm talking really about like know. what she's what, the what she's complaining about is everyone basically thinks that she's trash and a whore and like you know like she's like a good time girl, right? Uh, and she is like she's re- she rejected her father, hates her father, and hates his. But father. you find out that later. No, yeah, like this is the like this no, is yeah, why no, she's, no, she's, no, she, but, she's she's angry at everyone. She's right. a rebellious teenager. She is, but you don't find out her real stance until out he plays. Oh yeah, the no, that's true. The, like in the opening, she is like in the opening, she's just like uh you see her come out of the courtroom, father's in jail, whatever. She's like angrily sort of blows everybody off. She has this big party, she's drinking a shitload and flirting all over the place. And, uh, and the attitude, like the, she, like she is angry that, and what, what you later find out is that she is angry at, um, everyone who, whose side she is on because they are throwing her out because of her father. Like they're, right. they're, they're dismissing her because of her father. And so she's like, fine, if you're going to throw me out, fuck you all. I'm just not going to pay attention anymore. Like, I'm just going to live my life and have fun, and it's a party, and if you guys think that I'm a scumbag or Audrey, then I don't care. Yes. Uh, she, she, then she, you, there's another, there's a guest there, so that's a really, of course, because it's Hitchcock, really great shot, you know. All the par- people are talking, doing their little party thing, they're dancing, they're having more, she keeps pouring more and more alcohol for everyone, uh, including herself. And then you just see someone's head from behind, barely involved in the conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. And and uh, and so he's like, "No, he's with." Because she's like, "Who are you?" And it's like, "Oh, he's with us." Or I brought him over, you know. And so you kind of like, "Who's this guy?" Right? Uh, anyway, the party seems to have wound down where everyone's gone, but the guy is still there, same position, lots more drinks on the table. And she's like, "I guess we still have one more drink in us, right?" And then the camera turns around, and you realize it's Carrie Grant, right? Uh, great, great reveal shot. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she says, for some reason she says, my car is outside. You want to go for a ride? And she's oh, yeah. trashed. Yeah. Well, because like there's, the, there's this great, like there's some naughty dialogue right up. Oh, right. yeah. Like she's like, they're talking about having a picnic. And do you want to have a picnic inside or outside? Oh, right. Yeah. Like yeah. this is all like, it's barely disguised 
dialogue. Yes. Right. And like, it's like, she's being so forward with Grant. Like, yeah. he's just like, okay. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. uh, and finally she's like, she's basically weigh, weighing whether or not she's, you know, to quote the dead Kennedys too drunk to fuck. Right. <laughs> like, right. She's like, well, we can, I can either go out and show this, like have a, have, I'm going to have a breezy time inside the house and, right. and bang this dude, or I'm going to go drive dangerously because I'm hammered. And right. so I don't have to pay attention to the world. Yeah. And I want to just be a rebel and I'm going to yes. do things that are wrong. Right. And I want, and also because of all the shit that went down with her dad, she's constantly being harassed by cops. Yes. She hates cops. She hates, hates cops. Yeah. Right. And so she's, she's very rebellious about that. And then she, when she leaves the great scene, like I said, when she, she's wearing this very interesting dress, which is just a tea bit of midriff showing between her it's dress Carmen and her dress. It's Carmen yeah. Miranda dress. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no belly button because that was right. not that was that was considered nudity at the time. Right. But it, it is for the for the time a very risque right for a Hollywood actor to be. And wearing. they bring extra attention to it because he says he ties a scarf around her waist and says right. in case you catch a cold. Right. And like and the, like what that scene when just I mean there's so much to fucking say about this movie yeah. when she's like she's drunk and she's in a very she's obviously in a very sensual mood. You've had this very sort of sexy playful talk that's just led to them walking out of the house not even getting in the car yet and uh she's standing there on the porch of the house this is miami and there's this wind that hits her and you're just like it's like it's so sultry it's like insane right and grant is being very like it's like he is like he's like she's obviously like super sexy uh, and he's totally into it, but he's also, because we find out later, he's there for a, this is a job. Oh yeah. That's, right? that's the whole thing though. He plays it off as cool, but he's there for a job. But he's there for a job. And right. so like he, he is no, actually we kind of, you, you, knew yeah, you get the, you get the idea course, that he, yeah. is, he has something else in mind for sure. sure, but you're not sure what it is or why he's acting the way he is just yet. Right. And, and the tension of him resisting this, uh, when it's like both. Bergman and Hitchcock are selling the sensuality of the scene, like cranks up the sexual tension for the viewer times 10, like sure. it's awesomely done. And then they get in the car and she's hammered. Right. And she knows it's, it's a horrible idea to drive. Right. But she uses this as an excuse just to, um, to needle him just like, yeah, she just wants to taunt him. Yeah. Like, she's just like, I know you like me. I know, I know, like, I know you think I'm attractive for one thing. Sure. Um, but like, I'm going to try to drive you away. I'm going to act. Yeah. So, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make myself repulsive to you. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make this so fucking stupid and scary that I'll drive you away. And then I'm going to blame you. Well, that's the setup for what's going to right. happen. Right. Right. But he keeps his shit together. Yeah. And he's, and she's, uh, he's like, how fast am I going? And some great, like, you know, old, old, uh, shots where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like old rear screen projection, old rear screen projection stuff, and really fast, really stuff. fast. And she's, yeah, hey, it's 1946. I mean, you can tell, but you can, it's still pretty good. The That's good. It works. It works. And fine. they do this great gag where she's like, the hair is in front of her face, and they do the camera with the, the hair in front of the camera. Oh yeah, she's like, oh, this fog. <laughs> like, That's the hair in your eyes. My friend. <laughs> And like, right. and he's like, and he's acting cool as shit. Just as she's like, are you he's scared? Yet? Are he's you practically scared? rolling a cigarette. Yeah. And he's just like acting super cool, but his hand is also hovering above the, st- around the steering wheel. Steering like, wheel. Yeah. He yeah. is like, you can see that he's actually quite worried. Control. 
Like, right. but he's just like, I'm not, I'm only going to act if, if this, I need it, if I need to, but like, he is, he is worried. <laughs> like she is, right. she's doing a stupid and crazy thing. Yep. And he's like, this is very true to his character. You find out like, he's just like, I'm going to make, I'm going to let her decide her own actions against herself. Right. Like, I'm not going to stop her from anything. Um, yeah, but she, right, he, and he, it's <laughs> right. even the way he said, I'm leaving and never really expressed the love. Oh, exactly. Like, this is like his, his, his great, like his, uh, his quality to masculinity. Right. His quality is his, uh, is his ability to, uh, be present and control himself in the moment, no matter what the emotions are. But his flaw is that he controls himself too much. And doesn't allow, let her in the way that he should because he's in love with her. And so all these scenes, like every single scene that you're seeing is she is being like, not just uh sort of sexy and likable, but like he is clearly falling for her and resisting over and over and over again. And that sets up his, uh, you know, like his, both his stolidity in terms of like, you know, what he is prepared to do because this is his job and this is for America and the war and blah, blah, blah. Um, but also his, uh, like, his mistake of just not trusting her, like, or and uh, opening up to her. And so, like, they do all this really, in the first 20 minutes, it's like this whirlwind thing where in any other movie, he would be as swept away as she is. But because he's resisting it, like, it feels more powerful. Like, mm-hmm. But isn't that also part of the theme where things are hidden? Yes, right. Like the like things are hidden and um, beneath the surface, and you know, like like the being poisoned. The things you never knew, knew yeah. right? You don't um, know that it's going on. Oh, there's Just, a couple of great like realization shots in this movie. Uh, like Claude Rains has it when Claude Rain f- figures out what's going on. We'll talk about it later. But it's just like, like when he goes, "Oh my God, I'm fucked!" Like, mm-hmm. and you see, it, like the whole world just changes around him yeah. from his point of view. And uh, and the same thing happens to Bergman later on when she's poisoned that she realizes what's going on. Right. And like, and so you're right, Eric. It's just like there, it's everything is just sort of like both hiding things from people and hiding things from yourself is the major. A theme that is that's consistently hammered in the movie. It's a it's a really really tight screenplay, especially in that respect. They get an enormous amount of mileage, and it's all based around a key. And it's like all about a key. something that can open up something. Yes, because yeah, you can't great, great get call. in. Great call, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's so. like that visual thing of the key and a door you can't enter. Yes, um, is pretty much even with the character. Yeah, the it's the from the wine cellar to Cary Grant's heart. That's exactly what's going on. You know. That's what all of Hitchcock's movies this are about. It, things man. going into things. things. There's a lot of things. In. We'll talk about <laughs> well, Northway Northwest North in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots of things going into things. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Good Lord. Uh, uh, but yeah, so like she drives drunk with him. And finally, like, well, cop pulls her over and she's like, great. I'm going to, you know, and then he says, I think we're fine. Passes a note or shows something to the cop, the cop lets them go. She's angry now yeah. at him. Great. You're a cop too. You're a cop too. Right. And I hate cops and he should have given me a ticket. And so right. she wants the ticket because like, great, you're a freaking cop. Well, and she says like, cause I've already got a, I already got a DUI. So this is my second one. I'm going to jail. Just like right. my dad. 
You know, my right. dad's in jail and I'm in jail. Perfect. Like this is what she subconsciously wants. She wants right. to satisfy this, this, uh, this tragedy. She wants to, you know, dial herself into. And right. he, like, he's just like, that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. we're not going to, that's, I don't give a no. shit if you're angry about it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so she struggles with him. She's upset at him. He, uh, subdues her. She passes out. Oh, he punches her in the face. <laughs> he punches her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does. Yeah. And this is like, <laughs> like it's done in, in a turnaround, right? Like they, even, because even then, I mean, people say like, well, it's like, oh, it's up the time. No, it's like, it's not okay to punch a woman in the face. Even in 1940s, it is a bad <laughs> thing to punch a woman in the face. And, uh, and so like they know it, they sort of hide it, right? But it gives her like a glass jaw punch in the chin and knocks her out. Right. And it like, it really, it's un- like, it's intentionally, uh, upsetting and uncomfortable. Because right. the scene's been sort of fun up until that point. And now you're like, uh, good guys do not do that. Right. right. And so it, like, you're wondering what his motivations are, but you clearly see how far he's willing to go to make sure that whatever is happening is going to happen. At uh, which point she, he takes her to bed, puts her down in bed. So she wakes up where we have that scene that I described earlier, where she wakes up from with a massive hangover. Right. And she's all dutched and she's trying to turn her head around and everything's kind of twisting and turning and it's like ugh, nauseating. Yeah, it's yeah. He really does a good job. He does a good job. Right. Been and the other thing I liked is like, he's like, he's like, drink that. Like he had made some concoction for her to drink for her mm-hmm. hangover. And, um, she's, she's got hair in her mouth. Yeah. He's <laughs> it's, yeah. Right. And it's gross. And she's like <laughs> trying to drink this awesome. concoction. And it's like, ugh. you can say it. I, it's just that everything was like was about just the like liquid, uh, you know, like uh-huh. you know the dangerous stuff was this sandy iron ore or something. Or it was yeah, it's some sort of depleted uranium or something like this. Yeah. yeah, in a bottle, uh, and everything was about just check and see the champagne, drink yep. this. I'm being poisoned. Everything yep. was. There's a lot of drinking. drinking. There's a lot yeah, of drinking in this movie. It's, it's a drinking I've, movie. And yeah. it, it was, what's what's interesting, the irony is that the heavy drinking is coming from her. <laughs> yeah, and like the movie she's, really points out, like she's yeah. an alcoholic. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Like, totally. This is the the tension of the film is like, like they like they don't they don't they they don't make it romantic that she drinks a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's like she's she's yeah, really she's putting herself. Yeah. Like this is a bad scene for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so the thing that happens now is that basically he reveals to her who she is, who he is, right? And basically explains to her that he's, you know, CIA or something like that, works for the government. Yeah, OSS uh, or whatever it is. Yeah. And he he shows, he says, I think that you, you know, you st- I know you still like the country. I still like this country. You're not, you're not a Nazi like your father. And I need you to do something for me. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And basically. Yeah. You don't know anything about me. Right. Yeah. And basically has more evidence on her that he showed that she knew something, not yeah. necessarily that she, that she withheld information from the police that she should have told, right. even though she didn't actually do anything. She just basically. Yeah. Place a recording more. that, that says like, you knew more than you said. Right. right? But you are, you are strong. If you can't play this off, like, like you don't give a shit what your father was into. Like right. you were strongly against it. Right. Like, she is actually very pro-American, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and so the, her anger comes from this place that, like, 
she's she is like like her like her like she loves her mother she is very pro-american because of her american mom and uh and the fact that um that other people would so quickly just uh, assume that she is anti-american is very upsetting to her like and and so it sent her into this spiral of just like i can't get a win in the world like i can't convince anybody of who i really am right so he tells her basically that there's a bunch of nazis Mm -hmm. in brazil in Mm -hmm. rio not unrealistic not unrealistic (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a there's a great there's a great scene in uh in fraser where uh 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 the uh uh maris's yeah, with their at Maris's house, and they have a maid. His name is Marta, who's the uh, who's <laughs> Spanish, right? Right, right? And so she speaks Spanish, but she doesn't really speak very good English. And then she there's a German guy there, and so it turns out that she learns German. Mm-hmm. Uh, she knows German as well. And he says, "How does Marta know German?" She goes, "Apparently, she picked him up from a family that was in Guatemala." Yeah, and after the war, <laughs> the end after the war. Yeah, man, this is and they're like, this expression is like, oh, like Argentina and Chile are, are yeah, lots like, of Nazis. There's a, there's yeah. a, I'm not saying people there are Nazis, but there, there are people there of strong German descent. <laughs> there are, there are some very yes. blue-eyed blonde yes. people yeah. that live in because <laughs> of people that ran away from prosecution yes. uh, in the 40s. Yeah. Well, uh, Boys from Brazil is another film we can. Yeah, Boys from Brazil. There we go. <laughs> anyway, so they go to Brazil, and uh, the, he convinces her to go because basically because of her situation with her dad, she could become friendly with these people and get more information from them. And she reluctantly does it, and they arrive in Brazil. Uh, so they fly out to Brazil to do that. I'm trying to skip ahead a little bit. It's just so sure, sure, time sure. to do. Like the thing is, like he he doesn't really know what the OSS is going to ask of her. He is just no. the, he is the lowest man Can on the totem pole. Yep. He is the in there to to bring her in. He is the contact. Right. And then he's like, they're going to tell you what they need, they you need to do. When do that? And then you meet the other guy who is their his boss, who's also on the plane. Right. And so, uh, so they all sort of meet. Great. Shots of on the plane looking out at Rio. Oh, it's great, beautiful. great shots. Um, and then amazing, like, seriously, the amount of what would be considered virtual production today that's in this movie is unbelievable. So much rear projection. Yeah, so like, oh, oh, like just even for casual shots, like getting out of a car and going steps, <laughs> it's just like these little inserts left right. and right. Yeah, just that, and then like their cafe scene. Oh, yeah, which is. Uh, an outdoor cafe in Rio. There's no way it was all real projection and look. Yeah, great. there's no way to film it. There's no real way yeah. to film that. So. Yeah, and they they did just the right mix of having a couple people in the foreground and then the rest was background and industry. Yep. You know, it's all it's it all about good. like that yeah, it's all about distracting that. people from what makes it obvious, right? You know, and because like the yeah you know, with rear projection and with uh, virtual produ- projection, uh, virtual production other, there's all there's always like tells. That if you know to look for them, you'll catch them. Now it's called uh, moray. <laughs> moray, exactly. Yeah, like uh, my, uh, absolutely. The, the uh, so like you know, it's like screen the screen door look for anyone who you know, doesn't know what that is. The screen door sort of like patterns that appear, um, you know, or like there's or the black levels aren't aren't matching, um, or the black level black level black yeah. levels in the projection are completely uniform, right. uh, and too high. Like that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, but like, or if they like, accidentally shine a light on the screen. Yeah, and it, it picks up. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, really great stuff is when you uh, draw people's attention 
away from those things, even if they show up, you don't see them. Um, but the best way to uh, hide it is to have a really great scene where you're not paying attention to any of that shit at all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. you make a good movie and then there's no problem. Absolutely. And so they definitely do that at this point, right? So the general thing that they find out at this point is that um, the person that she needs to contact is a guy named Alex Sebastian, who is someone that she knew through her father or something before. And she's very upset about it. Because he liked her. Because he was, he liked her in the past and he came on to her and she, ref, she pushed him away. Right. And they're like, no, 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 no. You'd like, and so they're like, oh, great. So this is like me. It's not just me making some contacts. I actually have to be involved with this guy. Right. Um, and so she's, she's very upset. But, and Harry Grant finds out first that he's for, pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but actually, uh, before that, uh, before that, uh, when they're just hanging out in Rio, she starts to do this, you know, coming on to him again. And she's like, you're not, you, you don't love me or whatever, like some kind of thing. And then she complete, he, she, he pushes him and pushes him and he just breaks and kisses her. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, scene, the, the dinner scene. Yeah. Is, they, like the dinner on the balcony scene. Yeah. Right? It's like, they have, this great this is, apartment. This is the yeah. It's be, this beautiful sequence that really presses. the yeah, first it starts romantic yeah. and like gets kind of sexy and leads up to rejection. Just, yeah, just <laughs> tell me you love me. Like clearly right. that's where we're at, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, and she. I think it's in that scene. She says this line where she's like, there because she's basically making not making fun of it, but she's just sort of like playing it. Them being the housewife, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, she's just like, I think I'd like to make dinner here, you know, again with the sexy talk, you know, it's just right. like, like it's they're talking about sex, they can't tell, they actually say sex, right? Right. And she's like, I have a chick, like something like, I have a frozen, I have a frozen chicken that really needs to frosting or something like this, like some sort of like weird lines. And like, and like, you're just like, okay, it's, it's happening. This is good. This is good. Right. And it leads right up to the, to the, the, the moment. And Grant does not commit the way that he clearly should because he clearly right. loves her. And that's when he is called away to a meeting to find out what she's supposed to do. Right. And they also did a great scene, another great shot from the balcony looking down. And it's a matte painting oh, situation all of the beach. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Nice. There is a, there's a particular Hitchcock look to the way that he shoots architecture at night. Yes. That it's also in North by Northwest that I just love. It's yeah, really, so, yeah, I love yeah, that it's stuff. just beautiful. And it's like, this is black and white though. Just, this just, is black and white. I know. But it has the same effect where it's like this, it has this it, almost talk, North by Northwest. Yes, it's definitely blue. Blue. I just yeah, want to make sure the listeners realize that this is yeah. a black and white. Movie. <laughs> black and white. Um, but the, the, this, this movie has these shots where it's like, it looks surreal because there's enough light on the house that you can see all the details, but it's also sort of backlit and silhouetted by a luminous sort of cityish sky. So it has that uh, Magritte house in the darkness look. And it's just absolutely knockout. And it's like five or six shots in the movie, just like that. And then North by Northwest is just over the top. It's incredible. Right. So you start to realize that Cary Grant definitely has feelings for her, but he's also needs to carry out a job. Yes. Right. Yeah. And she is both completely enamored with him and 
really angry at him. Oh yeah, when she comes when he comes back and like he first hears about like the job is she's gotta seduce uh Claude Renz, right? Right. And he's like, What? I would never yeah. he like you can see it's like I never would have fucking asked her to do that. It's like she's right. not gonna do she's it. She's not gonna do that. And also basically tells her like, no, she's not some kind of a prostitute. She's not <laughs> she's not trash, which yeah. is what like what she was you know, like what she she in the beginning was angry that people think that she is trash. Right. And he is like he and stands everybody up. Everybody else starts to assume, right? And everyone in the OSS is also just like, well, we know what kind of person she is. Like she's the, basically like this. The CIA director in the in the in the group basically says she's a whore. Who cares? Like that all but says those words, you know. And Cary Grant gets fucking. What pissed. was the whole gag where? Oh, he's good looking. Like I couldn't understand what was the point of that. Oh, I with, kept uh, saying it a couple times with the uh, character actor was in North by Northwest. Oh yeah, the, uh, the 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 older guy. Like, yeah, he's a good looking guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure. Oh, oh, the boss. Yeah, the boss. Yeah, he's actually he's a popular actor at the time. You see him in a lot of stuff. You know, the, yeah, especially he was his in voice North for North by Northwest. Right. But like, yeah, like thing, he's it was just kind of like no, no, he's not. He's a like, weird looking dude with a very small head. But he's a good actor. But she says life. it on the plane, she and says then she the says it again, again, yeah. and then somebody else said, "Oh, that good-looking fellow." Like, I th- it might was that be, an inside joke? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It may, it may, it may be some Hollywood thing that's happening, but it also like it. Yeah, I think it it it, le- it leads it makes it more plausible that she would find Claude Rains, who's a little bit too old for her, attractive. You know, like uh, they play that up a lot. Like Claude Rains is like. Well, I'm, you know, work makes me look old, you know, that kind of stuff. And you're just like, well, he's, you know, he's just, he's a little bit too old for her. <laughs> like, that's just how it is. Um, right. So they, they may be doing that to soften that blow a little bit. But the, um, but yeah, like they, the CIA, like the CIA are represented as bad or evil, but they are certainly completely careless of her. Like, it's like, she's just like, he, she's basically a hooker to them. And like, we're yeah. just going to use her. Cannon fodder is what Cannon fodder. Yeah. Just like, no, she's going to go and sleep with a guy and. You know, have a hand in the game. It's gonna be fun. And Cary Grant stands up for that. Says so like that's not who she is, et cetera, et cetera. But he still has to bring the news back to her, and so goes back to the same balcony to, to like to complete the other side of the dinner scene, and basically lays it out like this is what they want you to do. And right. she's like, I want you to tell me not to do this. You right. know, they essentially like tell me you love me and tell me if you will be mad if I do this. I will do it because I love my country and this needs to be done. But I will only do that if you do not fucking care for me. And like, that's basically the, the, the shots she sets up. And he's like, you have to take responsibility for your own fucking choices and you can't lay that off on me. Right. And so you have to decide for yourself what you think is important. Ta-da. Right. And she's like, fine. I guess you don't love me. He's like, fine. Maybe I don't. And so she decides to follow through with the, uh, with the, uh, with the, uh, sleeping with Claude Rains and seducing him. And, uh, and Cary Grant is like, maybe you're just exactly like what I was defending you against being called. Right. Because he's so pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And he's, uh, cause he's jealous and he's hurt. And it's kind of his fault. <laughs> yep. But he can't quite admit that to himself yet. And he still has to run her as an agent. And be the contact, uh, to tell her and sort of like, this is what the CIA does. And they have to, they have to meet constantly after that. And every meeting is just like, 
it's grueling because they're so angry at each other because they love each other so much and they can't get by the fact that they love each other so much. Like yeah. You can't get the job. Like, that was like Chris and I when I first started this podcast. It was, yeah, that it was, was, it was yeah, so much love. And, and the oh tension God, was yeah. high. But it is a very sweaty podcast. Oh, my God. But it's a beautiful old school Hollywood setup. Yeah. Like in the middle of a spy movie, you have like this, this great, you know, very uh, beautiful 40s big star melodrama happening. Uh, and it's really unusual. It's a, it's like it's a very unique flavor for a movie. Big this, like, star melodrama. Yeah, that I sounds love like that an stuff. indie band from the nineties. Big star melodrama. I'm a big fan. Yeah, like big smashing <laughs> opening for Smashing Pumpkins. Big, big star, star melodrama. melodrama. <laughs> and mighty mighty boss tones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, that's like this is like a, I love big star melodrama um, in you know of the forties. Um, and, uh, and this, like, you don't need the spy movie stuff for this movie to work because like these guys have great chemistry. Uh, the tension is awesomely set up and they can pay off that, you know, the big sort of sexual tension sequences forever. And, but for it to also be a great spy movie is, uh, is my, is my favorite part about it. But, and like, there's just not a lot of movies like that. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so she, um, where was I? Uh, right, so she basically has to, has to seduce, uh, 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 Alex, Alex Sebastian, played by Claude Rains, and, uh, there's a couple of things going on here dynamically. Uh, it's all very polite flirting yeah. and, 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 and seducing that's going on, and she's going along with it. Um, there is also, What's the other thing that's happened? There was something else that was pretty. Um, uh, well, you start to get a little like once once they start to hook up her and Claude. Once she starts successfully doing this, right? You start There's to the get, mother is involved too. You the get the, yes. I was going to say like you introduce the world of Claude Rains, mm-hmm. right? And which is another sort of nice surprise about the movie. Claude Rains could just be a, an evil mustache twirling scumbag. Like they, they could have gotten away with that pretty easily, right. but instead he's a very a sympathetic Charming. villain. But yeah, oh, I, mean, I feel I feel bad. He's weak and not, not, not the like, mother. Whole routine with the mothers, right? And it's not ugly weak. Like, it, like you're not you don't just, you don't despise him, but he is a very like even from because I mean Claude Rains. I mean I think we all agree is like an incredibly fucking charming actor. Like you see him in yeah. in whatever Lawrence of Arabia, or you see him in Casablanca, or in, like, like he like he knows how to own the audience one hundred percent. Right. But instead, he plays everything very sort of like like he still has sort of jokey playful lines but he plays in this very sort of like uh withdrawn way like like he's not he's not strong enough to throw the ball far you know and it makes you like it makes you just like you're going up against ingrid bergman like one of the most beautiful women who has ever existed Mm -hmm. and you just start, start to feel bad for the guy you're like it feels it feels desperate and she keeps on having to sort of like but i think that's great casting oh it's perfect well the things mean like he's they wanted vivian lay though well, they, Vivian, oh, Lee. Vivian Lee, Vivian Lee, really? Know, Vivian yeah, Lee terrible that was the first movie. choice for the studios. Oh no, she'd be terrible. I, I like Vivian Lee, but I that it, it, it has to be Bergman because like she's got such an eclectic, um, different vibe. Yeah, you know, Vivian Lee is like straight, like that's just straight Hollywood, Hollywood, and like yeah. this needs to be a curveball. And so like, whereas you have Reigns has the ability to be like incredibly, even when he's much older. 
super charming, like, like very attractive. Um, so he, uh, so it's amazing that he's doing this on purpose, that he can control his performance and let Cary Grant have all the sexiness and not to be, uh, trying to rob the movie of what it needs, which is he needs to be sort of, uh, weak and, uh, and sort of pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes him, what makes him dangerous isn't that he's evil. It's that he's weak. And, right. uh, and so when you start to see it expand the, the details of his, the world that he's in, like these are Nazis, you know, these are like one of the, like certainly the people that he's working for are literally Nazis. Right. Um, but you never, at least I never feel hatred for the guy. I feel like you are digging your own grave the whole time, you know, and he is more and more trapped by. Well, that's the, the whole point the, the, they, they make a very strong point of him being trapped at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so what the big, the big turning point here is when we really start getting involved in and find out what she's doing, she gets, he gets invited. She gets invited to a uh, dinner party at his house yes. with some people. And they say, okay, you're going to the dinner party. Find out who's there. Don't ask too many questions. We don't be suspicious, but remember everyone's name and try to figure out where they're from, what their nationality is, mm. right? So she goes there and, you know, generally the party says, there's like four, four or five guys, four guys, I think there, maybe five. I think it's four, four people besides Sebastian that are there. Uh, one of them is the professor, as they find out. And they had mm. the party was in his honor. And so they find out, you know, she's like, okay, hmm, what's going on? And, and there's the great, like, uh, row of introductions of all the guys. Right. This and, is the so-and-so, and then they, like, each one of them kisses her hand. Kisses the hand and kisses the hand, yeah. And they right. come into focus. That was so great. And it's like, and like each one is played by this, is by, is played by, like, a classic character actor. Like, here's yes. the simpering creep. Here's the Nazi guy. Here's, like, just, like, it's an awesome sort of runway show of all these fucking scumbags. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. But, but we have to point it's out, like, one of my, one of my, my, one of my favorite shots in the movie and one of my favorite character introductions of all time is the mother. Right. She's great. Like she is the, she is the, the evil. She is the villainous force of this movie. She's Absolutely. Actual, she's and she always, she always looks like, uh, like I disapprove. I disapprove. But the best one is when she lights up that cigarette in bed. Then oh, she's like yeah. pure evil. Pure <laughs> so evil. It's so good. I mean, like, it's uh, like from the opening shot with her, like, it's a point of view shot from Bergman when she goes to the house for the dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And the camera rides in, like, it's so you, you enter the sort of enter the lair, right? right? And then out of the darkness at the top of the stairs comes mother. the mother. And Not mother starts, yeah, like, <laughs> and you're like, this, you can tell that this is like, this is the prequel psycho. Psycho. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. <laughs> and the so, mother. Like, her relationship to uh, Claude Rains. Claude Rains is the Anthony Perkins character of this movie. Oh, he is yeah. the sympathetic uh, uh, villain. And when she comes down the stairs in this long ass shot, then passes through all these beautiful shadows that crawl over her face, and her face is a stone the whole time. Yeah. So it's like a ghost coming down, and she comes right up to camera, and you expect to catch some like glint of humanity in her eyes at some point. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like she is so empty and soulless when she arrives at the door you feel like it's like a like a bear has snuck up on you it's just (laughs) incredible incredible shot um okay 
And so then, uh, where were we? Um, uh, so at the party, yeah, at the party. So the big, the big thing that happens that's weird at the party that freaks is one of the guys looks at one of the wine, the wine, and starts to point at it and freaks out right. at the wine bottles. Right. And then they kind of reassure him, and as like, oh, oh no. the Fredo type, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then she notices the situation, notes it in her mind. And then they have their classic thing that after the meal, the men are having cigars and having cigars. a conversation, right? And when that happens, the guy who freaked out about the wine is not there. And, so and they're exactly like, we right. have to do something about him. And then when How many times they've ripped this film off? When you watch certain scenes, you're like, God, I've seen this so many <laughs> yeah, times subsequently. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And then so it's like the guy. The guy says, "Don't worry, I think I know what to do." It's a windy road, uh, and I can I can jump out in time and take care of this guy. And they're like, "Oh, okay, that's a great idea." Great idea. And so they decided that's what they're going to do, right? He's going to kill the dude, yeah, because he acted weird at the table and his giveaway. They like some evil plots going on. That's unbelievable. Just from one little mistake, they're fucking Nazis. Wait, can can you not hear me, Alan? Uh. Oh no 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 nothing sorry never mind. Um, are you talking about the acclaimed 2002 film Mission Impossible Two? No, <laughs> not talking about Mission Impossible. <laughs> yes, and so uh, so that that the bad guy says he's going to do that, and um, you know they they he pretty much does that. But it's an important part of the thing. Two things are two things we learned. One, something's going on with this wine. Two, uh, if you do anything. <laughs> Bad. You're out. You're out. Right. <laughs> you're Even out. just acting slightly suspicious, or someone yeah. might know something. You're out. Right. Uh, so, so that's the two things that are noted in this in this area. Right. Uh, by the way, she doesn't know about him being killed, but we pretty much figure out what's going right. to happen. Right. Uh, so, so yes, indeed, uh, that guy gets killed, and uh, now we're moving on in in this thing. And then it's right. oh, that sequence is basically there to set up the fact that if Claude Rains gets found out. Uh, if, 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 if someone Claude finds Rains, out that something's wrong with Claude Rains, he's going to get off the cliff. He's like, off the cliff, yeah, just like right. the other ones. Right? And then there is a... What was the other... Oh, right. So then we have the horse... Uh, then they go to the horse track. Mm-hmm. Right? And Which is with, basically, it looks like Griffith Park. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like Santa Anita. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, and, the, when they're horse tr- on the, not the horse track when they're at the uh, taking the horse ride. Yes, that's yes, with the white that's, fences. Yes, that's definitely yeah. Griffith. That's Griffith Park. I'm not, that's on the north side of Griffith. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's my, my my side of town. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the other one is um, yes, but they go to the horse races, and she keeps trying to have to meet up with with Cary Grant, right? Uh, because of this situation, but Cary Grant sort of introduced is has been was present during the introduction the original reintroduction to Sebastian Sebastian or Alex Sebastian and Alex is jealous of Cary Grant because, because like it's Cary Grant because it's <laughs> Cary Grant right because and so he's like would you like him he's like oh no 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 I don't like him I don't like him but somehow Cary Grant is at the horse race so he gets upset about this <laughs> Right. Very upset about it. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't like him. Of course I don't like him. 
He's Cary Grant. I'm, <laughs> I'm behaving like a schoolboy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, just the, the line is it's a one line in uh in uh in North by Northwest when he sneaks into the room and the woman is like he sneaks into the hospital room and the woman's like Stop Stop and then he's like, oh, and then she, lo- she looks at him and she goes, stop. No, she puts her glasses on and she's like, glasses. stop. <laughs> and he goes, ah. Na, 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 na. <laughs> it's so good. So sexy. It's so funny. Yep. Anyway, so, so yes, there's this jealousy going on, at which point she goes, I know it. I don't know what I have to prove to you that I'm, I'm not interested in. It's like, I know what you have to do to prove to me you're not interested in. Marry me. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, uh, okay, uh, so, there you go, right? And at which point, she they said he asked me to marry her, and he, she explains to the guys, and, her, and she says, "What should I do?" It's like, well, uh, would you be willing to marry him? It's a great, it's a great uh, way to test her character because of her because of her background with her mom and her dad. Right. Like, it's about her. It's about her fealty to. America and like I love that she's like in the beginning she's like um you know patriotism is bullshit right that's right that's her line and then she is like she's in the position to be to show how patriotic she really is right and uh and so she's like and and they're not even uh like really pressing her on it they're not like you have to do or, or we'll We'll do. We'll you know. We'll do something bad or turn up something bad about your past or blah. They don't threaten her at all. Like right. she's just like it's weighing it. Like how much do I love my country? This is actually important that I do this. Sure. You know, like I'm in the position to probably save a lot of lives and stop the Nazis, and so right. I should do this because of what I believe. Um, but at the same time, it's obviously going against my feelings for Cary Grant. And, and the fact uh, that Cary Grant doesn't stop her, like, will not throw her a rope at all, <laughs> really <laughs> pisses like, her off. Yeah, and he's just, she's just like, just fucking say but, you love me, and this is all taken care of, right? <laughs> and he doesn't do that, so anyway, she right. actually does get married to him, mm-hmm. right? And the thing that I think is also telling is like, that's all she wants. She just wants some kind of acknowledgement, yeah. and it, she never gets it. So she's doing it out of spite, almost, right? Yeah, right. Oh. And she's she's definitely like I think she's doing it because she she wants to do the right thing in terms of like stopping the Nazis, right? Like that's right. the that's the root of it. But like she is uh like she is embittered about it. Um uh and so like her brattiness that you saw in the beginning as Eric pointed out uh makes her make very quick decisions about it. Like she she's like fine, fuck it, I'll do it. You know, yeah, and and uh, and so like the character is really it's a really brilliantly designed character because mm-hmm. like she's not doing it just because she like she's like fine I'll show Cary Grant like she's like she's really doing it for real reasons but in the moment she's just so fucking angry right. that she can't even take one more second of deciding this like she's like fuck you fine you know right I'll debase myself because you can't uh open open your heart I'll do this. right. The mother, of course, is very much doesn't like the fact that he's getting married to this woman. Yeah, and not she sees right through the whole thing the whole time. She just doesn't exact, know exactly what's going on. She just knows like, that well, he wants is... he wants your money. She wants this. She wants that. She's like he's she's after something. And, and her reasoning is basically like, who the fuck would love you? 
<laughs> yeah. Like yeah, you're, so oh, you're a creep. <laughs> you're a weak creep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh anyway. So at which point this leads up to an important part, which is uh they have a social you know, she's going around the house. Oh right, okay, sorry. She's going around the house to live there because now they're married right so she's starting to do things and then there's a butler obviously it's a huge huge house by the way i should mention that huge house um butler and then she notices that some of the rooms there are closet there's not enough closet space and, and the closets are locked and the mother has the key yes right and so she's upset about this it's like can i have the key so i can you know put my stuff away and the mother's like absolutely not from looker says no yeah fra- it's very fabulous fra- <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, or the 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 nurse from High Anxiety. High Anxiety, exactly. Same <laughs> <laughs> actor, right? So this is, that's both, uh, yeah. so, like, and so, but as Eric points out, I mean, it's just like this is all about the closed door. Like the closed door is the and the key is like the yeah. You open the, up the, the doors and the yeah, 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 yeah. And so she opens up all the closets, and then there's still one that won't open. Right, wine cellar. The wine cellar. Yeah. It's like, aha! Remember the wine? Yeah, remember the wine cellar. Turns out, it's like, well, where's this, this key? Won't open the wine cellar. It's like, no, that's another key, and that is Mister Sebastian who has that key. Right. Says the butler. It's like, aha! So she looks at the name on. There's a there's a name of the lock on the lock, and then she she tries to figure out Unico, right? Unico, yeah, Unico, right? And so she's trying to she finds the key with the same name on it on the keychain that her husband has. Right. And so they're like, I can't, you know, Terry Grant says, you have to, I have to get involved. Invite me to the party. I'll help figure out how to get into the cellar. And right? what's, what's really lovely about this whole sequence, right, is like she has to go to Claude Rains to ask about the keys and all this kind of jazz. Claude Rains is acting like he sees that there's an issue in letting her explore the house. Like you can see that he's like, fuck, like I got to be careful about this, you know, because he's, there's a secret that he's hiding from her, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he makes the choice to let her in, which Cary Grant doesn't. Like right. he is, he is doing the thing that the audience wants. Well, she Grant loves, to he loves her. He loves her, and he and because he loves her, he opens his house and heart to her, and right. that's what gets him fucked, right? Right. Which is what Cary Grant is afraid of, and why he won't open his house and heart to her. Right. Like it's a perfect inversion. That's what makes him a great villain. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. and instead of like, instead of like, it's usually like villains. I mean, it's like the classic Raiders of the Lost Ark thing when Belox is like, it'll only take a, just a touch to push you out of the light and make you like me. Right. But in this case, uh, Cary Grant's the good guy, but the bad guy is doing the good thing. Right. Right. And so he's just, he's freely doing this and accepting her. But and I think you're like, absolutely right. Like, he's not the bad guy. You think he's the bad guy, but he really isn't. The he real really is, bad he is, yes. he's, the he's, real bad he's, he's is, is the mother. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he doesn't have the backbone that Cary Grant does, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and that is his flaw. But Cary, Grant, Grant, Cary Grant, Grant's flaw is that he doesn't have the openness of heart that Claude Rains does, right. which is Claude Rains' weakness, which is why Cary Grant is afraid to open his heart. Right. It's just like, it's like, it's, you couldn't make it more elegant than that. Like, that's exactly how you want to design a character. It's perfect. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So at this point, uh, right. So, so the wine cellar is what needs to happen. So what they do is they say, how are we going to get to the wine cellar? And it's like, how about we, 
you you convince him to have a big party and you invite me to the party and I figure out how to get into the wine cellar, right? At which point now she sees the keys on the counter, finds a way to get the key while he's not looking and holds on to the key. She doesn't actually get into the wine cellar, but she just needs the key, right? And that, then they have the party, at which point is, you know, that incredible shot that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Diving down. All the way down. It's an amazing shot. <laughs> incredible shot. And right now what they need to do is it's like they she slips the key to Harry Grant and has to figure out how to get him to the wine cellar, right? But there's a problem because they're serving champagne to a bunch of people. And they're like, uh-oh, if they run out of champagne, they're going to need to go to the cellar to get more champagne. And, and we're so you, screwed. And we're screwed, right? So we have to get to the cellar before they run out of champagne. Yes. Right? There's so many different lines of tension in this setup. Yes. It's fucking incredible. And there's just more and more glasses of champagne are coming out. Right. She's starting to get nervous. So it's, oh, shit, we better get there soon before. And keep looking at the bottles. There's fewer bottles as we go. And it's just like this tension, tension, right? Yeah, the, sh- the champagne acts as both like the the fuse and the sort of motivation at the same time. Right. You have like the mother is trying to control what is happening. You have Harry Grant has his like he's trying to get in the cellar. You have right. Ingrid Bergman's trying to distract her husband. The husband is jealous of Cary Grant. And like, it's like every single direction, there's a reason for tension. And then right. Hitchcock is just like serving up the stakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. 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 And so finally, uh, finally, after all of that, um, the, uh, uh, Cary Grant gets to the basement through the back. She lets him in trying to get through this because it's going to take forever. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and so he gets inside. Uh, he looks at what's going on. He's trying to identify anything weird in the cellar. And uh, he's just not, like, a little confused about it. But then as he's looking at some chart, he accidentally knocks down a bottle. As the bottle breaks on the ground, it doesn't have liquid. It has this sand in it, as we right. were mentioning earlier, right? And he was like, huh, that's weird. And it's like, so he tries to get a sample of the sand and then put everything back. <laughs> right. So he says, find me another bottle like this one and we'll put it in there and put it back on the shelf. So he puts it all back together, puts it on the shelf and moves on. Right. Uh, but as they do that, he's like sweeps up and cleans up as much as, as, as possible. As they do that, they realize, Oh shit, they're coming. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's almost too late, like, get out of here. And then Cary Grant says, no, I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to make him think that we're having an affair or something. And starts right. kissing her, right? right. So start this tension between her and which, her. Which is a great play because, yes. like, it keeps him from being politically suspicious and then makes him sexually suspicious. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's so a really it's, good choice on Grant's part. But right. once they start making out, like, the whole beginning 20 minutes of the movie comes right back. Right. You're like, Oh yeah, that's guy. These guys really want to get it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so she's waiting for the body. And then, and like, then she, he says, "No, she." Re- I was drunk, and she rejected me. And he's like, "Yeah." And so they try to pretend that like he was just coming on to her, and she rejected it. And yeah, it's he's just a masher. A, yeah, exactly. Right. It's and then is like, nope. And then he's Claude Rains is not happy. <laughs> yeah, he's bullshit across the spectrum. Bullshit. Like, yeah. I hate that dude. I distrust you. Everything's bad, but he's right. not being suspicious in the right way, which he should be suspicious, which is they're 
here because of the fucking plutonium in the bottles or whatever the fuck it is. Uranium, like, yeah. Your yeah. uranium. And so, <laughs> like, like clearly, the, it's like the Nazis are trying to make atomic bombs. Should be foremost in his mind. Like, I'm right. trying to help the Nazis make atomic bombs. And instead, he's just like, oh, he's fucking that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's perfect. It's perfect. Right. Uh... I can't remember how. And then, so like, it's oh wait, every like he's he's like trying to let it go, and then he discovers that his key is missing, right? And he's, oh right, because he wants to get. Though. He's suspicious. He's like, and he just goes, and you can see his his. Like, oh, he looks at his key ring to, to, to get the champagne, and he's like, right. and he's like, the key's missing. Right. And goes, and you, you know what? It start to come together. We don't together. need champagne. We don't right. need champagne. We have other wine and, and yes, whiskey. Sir, and, no and, the, and the brilliance here is that if he were any of the other Nazis, mm-hmm. and he wasn't distracted by love, he would have figured it out instantaneously what's happening. Right. Um, but because he is so totally sold, even on the cheating with Cary Grant scenario, everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, because of that, he doesn't want to believe that this is true. Right. right? And it, it gives like, it gives him basically. I think he's more worried about what his mother will think. Yeah. Like he's like, I am starting to suspect that I am, I'm in a trap, but I don't know what the trap is. Right. And so the party goes on. He's very suspicious at this point. He finally figures he's starting to piece things together. Right. But Grant, he puts, he puts the keys down on the table, the keychains on the table. And then she sneaks in somehow in the middle of the night and puts the key back, right? Mistake. Mistake. And then she, <laughs> he goes and looks at the keychain. is like, the key's back. The key's back. And so he goes down, goes down to the wine cellar. But he wakes look, up in the middle of the night because he, yeah, he suspected her. Suspected. And then she, she, he goes down to the wine cellar. Everything seems okay. But then he notices the sink's been on. There's water there. Uh, and he goes, he knows where the bottles are, right? So he's looking through the bottles and he notices the dates on the bottles all 1934, 34, 34, and then 40. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh no. I was like, wait a minute. And then he notices the foil isn't quite right. And he looks in, like, and then, huh, that's not right. And then he goes underneath, like looks, uh, lo- looks at the ground. He notices there might be something. He puts his hand underneath and he pulls out some of the dust, uranium dust. Yeah. And then pieces of glass, and then notices a broken bottle of 1934. And you're like, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. And at which point, it's like, huh. I gotta then, go see my mom. <laughs> I gotta go see my mom. Wakes up the mother in the middle of the night. He's like, well, what's going on? He goes, I think we've been compromised. I think she's working for. I knew it. And then, and then she, she, and then she, at which point, she, she, the mother is like, lights a cigarette and goes, She's like watching her get psyched in that. (laughs) She's excited. She loves the fact that suddenly, like, Like, instead of going, "Oh shit, we screwed up," she goes, "I knew it." (laughs) Because initially, it's like he's like, "Uh, "I'm suspicious of my wife," and like, uh, like she's like, "Oh, like you can see her sort of light up just emotionally, like, oh, here it comes." Like she's really like, "Oh yes, there's an in," and then he's like. I think she's a spy and uh-huh. like the, sh- that shot when he says it is one of right. my very favorite Slumped shots. Down, like, he's very good at like, Oh my God, I've been messing up the whole time. Yeah. I can't and, believe like, he this. puts it all together. And like, yeah. it's this, it's this unbelievable. This, this, this single shot is something you do not see in any movie of the period at all. 
it's ultra close and it's very high. So you're seeing only like his eyes, like sort of tip down like this in this razor thin focus. And she's, and he's like, I think I'm married to essentially a spy. Right. And that's when the mother's like, this is the fucking jackpot. Like right. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm in- right. You never listen to me. It's like, <laughs> and she's fucking, as you said, she lights up a cigarette. Like she's just at a sex scene. Yeah. She's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. We through. finally have an, we have finally have an excuse to kill her. <laughs> oh my God. I can it's finally scary. kill her. And, and so they decide that they have to make it, you know, how do we kill her? They're going to slowly poison her. <laughs> yeah, Cause you can't get rid of her all at once. That's too suspicious. That'll give right. the game away. Right. The CIA will know that we know. So right. No. And of course, like, this is like the mother's, this is the mother's dream. She's just like, oh, yeah. kill her slowly. slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterically funny. Right. It's, it's hysterically funny. It's so good. And so they plan to poison her and, uh, poison her with, uh, coffee and, uh, the, with the coffee. Drink. And so, so slow, she's, she's slowly over several days, she's starting to get sicker and sicker and she's still meeting with Cary Grant and he's Did like, they ever say what it was good. that poisoned her? No. No. It's probably arsenic. Yeah, I mean, like essentially, like they play it out, like the whole thing. But, Saccharin? It was like what? Like, sweet and low? Yeah, yeah, it's sweet and low. It's uh, you know, it's what's that guy? It's uh, what's the new stuff they use that uh, the plant extract? Oh, new God, that, would kill, that would kill me. That's a Nazi plant, if anything. <laughs> Vesta or something? Yeah, exactly. Like that. I don't know. I don't know why people ever buy that stuff. But in any case, yeah, she's uh, like the slow poisoning is great because even with Grant, you know, it she's like. No, it's because I'm drinking too much. You know, it's like some sort of like, you know, like. Oh, right, right, right. Because she doesn't want to, but she doesn't even know she's. She knows she's feeling shitty, right? She knows she's feeling shitty, but she doesn't. She's starting to feel really shitty. Like, she's like, and so she's just like, no, it's fucking hangover because I'm, because I'm a partying whore, just like you think I am. Yeah. You dick. Yeah. (laughs) And then, so finally she starts to, she's starting to put things together. She's explaining, there's something that with the police, the the police chief as well doing something. Anyway, she talks to him, finds out from the professor, like, Oh, like we should go on a cruise. We should do this. You know, we should do that. And then she says, Oh, finish your coffee. Keep finishing your coffee. They keep pushing coffee. Just keep on drinking that shit. Keep on doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But the and guy then, that's in the room with them is just like, oh no, you should get out and have you'd get you know, like he's he's proposing all these things like get out away from your husband and all this like go and see the mountains in the. And it's like I am like, going to the mountains. There's a wonderful place, and so it's like, uh oh, now we know because that's what, oh that's the thing they need to figure out where the uranium is. Yeah, right, right, where they're getting it, and like right. I'm going to these great mountains up here. Oh, there was a hilarious line. I got to tell you this. Yeah. Um, cause I, I wrote it down here. Hold on a second. Uh, oh God. Um, uh, it's something about her name. Her name was in there. So, uh, it's like, Oh, oh, trivia. Yeah. She asks if you're, uh, she goes, I'm going to go to these specific mountains or whatever. And goes, Oh, is that near the town of, uh, Leopolina? Right, the mother's the actress. The actress who plays the mother, her, ni- her name is Neopoline, <laughs> right, or right. Leopoline. Yeah, right, so it's the right. same name as a mother, right? And it's like, right. oh, it's a lovely town, this town, or whatever. Anyway, so that's that's part of the 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 little joke there. But anyway, so she is uh, at this point, she's figured out where the uranium is from, and she's figured out 
that she's being poisoned. Right. Oh, because because the guy's about to walk away with her coffee. Like he's just oh, like, right. Because oh. like, no, 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 don't drink no, that coffee. No. That's not yeah, your coffee. Mother he mistakens it. And yeah. he grabs it. And they're like, no, no, no. And then but she... That's the coffee. And she's like, oh, my oh. God. And starts to realize. And then she starts to realize. <laughs> right, right. And then, she, and then she says, okay, she's trying to figure out she needs to get out of there, right? Yeah, but she's too weak. Like She's they, too weak. Yeah. And she tries to get to her room and she passes out. Right. At which point they lock her in her room right. and say, right. we're going to make sure you get better. You need some rest. Yeah, and lots right? of coffee. <laughs> and so they have her locked up in there, right? At which point, um, and then Carrie Grant's supposed to meet her for the, their regular meet, right? Right. Get up, and she doesn't show up. She doesn't show up, right? And so she, initially, she plays it off like, "Oh yeah, I'm just partying," you know, like basically like reminding him that he's he's a prick, right? You know, like I'm yeah, I'm slipping back, I'm I'm backsliding in my old ways, just the way you thought I would, you know? Right. And he's like. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sure. Right. Right. And, but then she doesn't show up and he's like, I might be an asshole. I might, <laughs> <laughs> like, she may be in terrible danger and I'm too much, I was too much of an idiot to see it. Right. Um, okay. And then, okay, hold on. What's, what's going on? Okay. So at this point, he's like, I gotta go. I gotta I, go get her out. I gotta go get her out. Right. And they're like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna do that? I was like, well, I'll just, Say I'm a you know friend of the family just checking in. Exactly. See right. what's going on. Hey, how you doing? And so, <laughs> at which point he just rings the doorbell. The butler's like, uh, are, it's like I just want to see you know uh, Alicia, right? And yeah. uh, and then it's like she's very sick. It's like, right. oh, how long has she been sick? How long has she been sick? About, about a week. About a week. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like, aha, aha. Can I see with some Nazis? He's, he's meeting with some people. I was like, uh-huh. Okay. All right. And so at which point he's like, oh, we'll be right with you, right? Uh, at this point, he sneaks upstairs to try to find her, right? Gets to, this is the scene that I described earlier yeah. when Ratchet in the room. It's fantastic. Right. And so she's extraordinarily weak. She's in bed, right? Uh, they are uh, – and then they – he he rescued like you know, very romantic scene as we described. And the, and this is the this is the final breakdown of their tension. Like yes, uh, he can't help. He basically in order to get her out of the house, he has to uh, overcome oh. his own uh, problems and really telling her how she how telling him telling her how he feels. Right. And so he's just like, I'm a fucking moron. I'm completely in love with you, and I'm so sorry that I that I almost lost you. We have to get the fuck out of here. Right. And like, she's now, you know, she's like, I, now they can, now that they can express, like all this other shit is forgiven in that one scene. And right. they, like, they, they are now a unit, uh, and essentially married. Like, this is like, this is the, this is the bedroom because the scene is a straight up a bedroom scene, literally. Right. Um, but it's, it's a, it's both, it's, it's not a sexy, it's not a sexy scene, but it's a very, very intimate love scene. Right. And, uh, and when he brings her up out of that room, that's the emotional success of the movie for the both of them. Right. But they still have to escape. They still have to escape. So he's picking her up to take her out. Right. Mm-hmm. At which point Claude Rains realizes, Oh shit, he's not where he's in the library or whatever he's supposed to be. He's right. roaming the house. Right. And the mother is also like, Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> and so <laughs> they grab her, they grab her. Like he grabs her and they, they, they confront each other. Right. And they're like, nope, we're going to walk out of here. Right. 
because she needs to get to a hospital. And you're not going to say anything because remember what happened to the other guy who fucked up yeah, <laughs> and what exactly. your friends did to him, right? And so you're just going to let this one go. Right. And you're like, it's okay. like they're all on the top of the stairs. Right. And then the Nazis come so out of the Nazi like, room. And going, what's going on? What's like, she's still going on? <laughs> she, she, but she's, she's, uh, she's, uh, she's sick. <laughs> and they all start creeping down the stairs. And the mother's like, uh, just like, like you have like the mother who is said, let's kill her. And is right. looking forward to killing her is now like, we have to get her to a hospital, hospital. so we can keep up with the lie that is that, like so we right. can keep you from being murdered right. right and uh and and he's like you can see claude Rains is like i i i've been betrayed i know right. they're spies right <laughs> like, like it's an utter disaster so 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 now karen grant's got her he's still got her and they're like okay we'll get the car right the nazis are friends, like okay what well, well hopefully she'll be yeah. okay so claude Rains essentially you know like he has the moment to like he's like do i have backbone backbone or no right and he essentially fails and saves them, which is brilliant. Yes, right? absolutely. They get into the car, at which point Cary Grant closes the door and says, you're on your own, buddy. He's the asshole. <laughs> and at which point this is very, very suspicious to the Nazis, yeah. right? And they're yeah. going to go, wait, why didn't you go in the car with your wife yeah. to the yeah. hospital? Begging, like, please, please take me with Please you. take me with you. Take me with you. And he's like, see you later. And it drives off. And that's the end of the movie. That's it. He's like, it's right, a great end of the Fucking Nazis who are saying, there's a Nazis going, doorway. So we need to I'm talk, with Mr. Sebastian. <laughs> What's going on? And that's, and that's it. it. You realize the over. They, they get away with it. <laughs> she's going to be, she's you know, saved. They're going to get married. Everything's wonderful. And he fucking has to go get thrown off a cliff. Yeah. Huh. And the mother is probably in trouble too. Yeah, I mean they're both oh, dead. The mothers are both dead. They're both fucking dead, completely yeah. dead. Yeah, you know. And, and just, like, they also know where the uranium's from because yeah, she said like, where the mountain is. Yeah, exactly. It gets it's everything is solved. And yes. the thing is, like, none of it feels like a Deus Ex Machina. It's not like nothing comes out of the blue. Like it's all just getting there slowly over the course of uh. the plot. And it all falls together exactly right. It's the perfect, like, the, I wish they made endings like that. Oh, it's out of this that's, world. That's, I it's, remember yeah. that from even I'll tell you that it's the exact opposite ending of what was the, the last Lord of the Rings film where it took like uh, an hour to end. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, some of all these lines. Things like, <laughs> like, everyone complains about that. I don't, I like, can't the thing is like, with, it. well, <laughs> yeah, like, the, the thing is like, so though, there's no way to, <laughs> There's no way to end Lord of the Rings without ending all the stories. Like for as long as it takes, like you do have to end those stories, although the movie's gonna feel incomplete. But it really shows how difficult it is to land it as perfectly as Notorious does. Like Notorious has a zillion threads and they all end up they measure them out so well that when all the threads fall down, they all end up at the same point. And it's yep. over in a single scene. Like that's the that's what you want. It's extremely, extremely rare. Um, but it's like there, you can name like I can have like that and Jaws maybe you know like uh, you can right. when you could just end the movie when they when oh well we solved the scene everything's done we don't have to do anything else credits like that's an extraordinarily rare thing to do and it's 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 notorious for being as complex as it is it's like it's sort of shocking <laughs> it's like right. wow that worked how'd that work yeah for sure absolutely okay so. Uh, where sexy, we? beautiful spy shit. 
beautiful yeah. people. Cary Grant. Nazis. 1946 Nazis, Cary Grant, Ingrid Bergman, who is uh, oh, gorgeous. Everything, everything. Just beautiful, handsome, everybody beautiful fan. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Lots of fun. Yep. Lots of fun. Uh, okay. So that's good. Hopefully this will not dissuade you from watching this movie because you should watch it. It's on Tubi. It doesn't matter. It's great. It's on Tubi. Oh, I'm going to do a little. I think I I mentioned it before we were recording. I don't know if I mentioned it after recording, but this is on Tubi. Yeah. And we have been fans of Tubi and I'm not, we're not sponsored by them at all. This is just motivated by sheer love. (laughs) By sheer love because Tubi has got, even though it's got a ton of stuff, some of it's not great, but there's some gems inside of there that you should totally check out. The other thing, and it's ad supported, so you're gonna go ad supported, bleh, right? I will tell you this: I use a Brave browser to watch my stuff. Brave has the built-in uh, ad uh, blocker. I had no ads on Tubi. That's amazing. Dude. So that it, it looked like it stopped to do an ad, but then it went right back to the movie. It go back to the movie. It's a little yeah. hiccup, but that's it. And that's it. And so the other thing that's amazing about Tubi is that because it's ad supported. They don't even require you to create a login to watch it. You can just go there, go to search, type in Notorious, and watch it <laughs> without yeah. ads or anything if you or if you have ads. And it's really good. It's yeah, like really it, good. And I have to say that there's – especially watching old older movies like uh, watching Notorious on Tubi. Yeah. Like the fact that it's broken up by ads reminds me of being like – 12 years old and watching these same kinds of yeah. movies on uh, TV. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, on like TNT or yeah. whatever. And I'm just yeah. like, this is fucking awesome. This is like, this is exactly. AMC. Really it used to be AMC. Yeah. Remember AMC. when AMC actually used to be classic movies? <laughs> oh, yeah, do, you remember, do you remember Blockbuster? Yeah. Oh, these days, these days. That's and true. the other thing I think we mentioned before, uh, Canopy, man. It's a gem. Yeah, it's great. Incredible. Canopy is a gem. Collection. Yeah. Wild shit on Canopy. Like, I can't, stuff I, I'm like, how do they even know that this existed? There's, and you get like 10 rentals for free. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's perfect. Great, great stuff. Those are the ads we are not paid to say. We just, we're not paid. I'm just telling you, this is a resource that you guys can, can yeah, use to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, wonderful Cary Grant, Ingrid Berger. Was this after Casablanca? It was after Casablanca, right? Yes. Casablanca is 40, 45, 43, maybe 43. No, it has to be. No, of course it's 43. I'm the 46th after the war. 43. So if you guess, like it has to be 42, maybe it is for 41, yeah. 42, 41. And this is after that. Yeah. So Blanca is 42. Yeah. And this was 46. Yeah. This came out in yeah. 46. So this is post-war still dealing with Nazi cleanup. Right. But they also, they, they put the Nazis in the right place. They put them in. Yeah. Cause the Nazis have in, fled and they've gone to South America, South America. Right. And, so and they're building an atomic bomb. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, because like a lot of people, like people think about, and I used to think about it this way: like World War II, when they're like, "Oh," and then war, the war was over, and then you think of, you feel like, "Oh," and then the war was instantly over. Like there was so much shit that went on for many, many years, and all like the 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 denouement of that war went on for quite some time, and right. uh, and trying to crack down all these motherfuckers, like that's that takes. Through to the late seventies. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really intense. Yeah, boys from Brazil, Marathon <laughs> Man, Marathon Man. I keep bringing up Brazil. It's such a crappy movie, but it's, it's so shitty, hard. but it's fun. It's, it's so it's much like, fun. It's goofball, but it's. Really, I remember. Really fun. I, I didn't think it when I first saw it. I was a teenager. I thought this. This is cool. <laughs> oh yeah, it's still. I would say it's but still it, cool. It, it's, it, it, it's it is silly so cool. and bad, but it's very, very cool. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's uh, uh, you know, Lawrence. <laughs> 
Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence Olivier Arabia, and Gregory Peck. For God's sake, these are not delivering two. Like, there's over the top, and then there's Boys from Brazil. Like, yeah, Boys from Brazil is makes makes over the top look like down on the ground. <laughs> like, like, Has anyone like, in chat ever seen Boys from Brazil or, oh, or, yeah. or just talking crazy town? Because it is an insane premise. It's, please see that movie. It's so much fun. It's like that is pure. The, the basic premise is Lawrence is a, Lawrence Olivier is a Nazi hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and he has and this like ridiculous accent, like it's ridiculous so, accent. It's so and Gregory like, Peck has an even more even ridiculous, more ridiculous accent. accent. Gregory <laughs> Peck is an ex-Nazi who lives in Brazil and has uh, spliced genes, <laughs> the genes of little Hitlers, of Hitler, <laughs> and sort of created clones of Hitlers and in people around the world uh, to try to get little Hitler to be born and also be raised. In certain life situations that would turn him into Hitler. To turn him into, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he's yeah, got like a little American Hitler, a little, uh, all these different Hitlers around the world. It, it is a blast. The movie's a blast. And it's also a, the book, the book is really good fun too. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's written by Ira Levin, who also wrote, uh, Rosemary's Baby. So it's really, uh, it's actually quite, it's a good read. It's really fun. It's yeah. pulpy, but man, it's, it's out of control. And then the movie is pulpy and sort of silly. <laughs> it's just hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, and then Marathon Man is another crazy one too. Yep, that's and cool. and Olivia is much better in that doing. A much better in that. Because yeah. Olivia is a good guy in in, uh, in uh, Boys from Brazil. The, the somehow like, Marathon Man, I, I got in. I got a lot of Marathon Man vibes in uh, in uh, uh, Uncut Gems. It's maybe because of the Diamond District stuff, but yeah, still. Sure, right. yeah. But it was. But well, it they was, must love that movie. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. But there's also that, like a lot of New York grit. Stuff, yeah, like all yeah. That stuff. yeah. The city, the city grit stuff is, is much the same for sure. But yeah, boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's boys from Brazil. If you, if you, if you think my accent's bad, I sound like, uh, oh. I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like, <laughs> what, what's her name? Who does accents perfectly? Uh, Sophie's Choice. Uh, Mer- Meryl Streep. I'm the Meryl Streep of Nazi accents compared to Gregory Peck. <laughs> well, see your peppers. <laughs> it's alarming. <laughs> it's alarming. What was uh, uh, the the Germans? They all they, they always they call that the um, they call that the uh, 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 Indiana Jones accent. Like yeah, the Indiana, all, all the Germans in Indiana Jones are so ridiculous. Their accents yeah, are so like, stupid. Like, I, I am my my family's German. I know plenty. Of, like say so you're German. Like the German accents are German accents. This is not a German accent in the slightest. No, <laughs> this is like cartoon weirdo Indiana Jones yeah. bad guy accent. It's it's incredible. Yeah, top secret German accent. Top secret German. One hundred percent. Very yeah. very very valuable in uh, in movies where you want to kill people freely without feeling bad. Yeah, definitely. Okay, now. One of one of the greatest of Hitchcock films. Uh, nice. There's a lot of good ones. This one's up there. This this is this is this, this is, is real joy. Yeah, it's a really fun one. Fabulous, yeah. fabulous story. Uh, it is in uh, uh, also Cary Grant is mm-hmm. involved and Ava Marie Saint. Right, Ava Marie Saint is terrific. Um, and Perry Mason. So you have two great accents. Can I do a, a booze break for a second. Oh, hit yeah. it. Absolutely. Drink some for me, please. Good Lord. Yes. Uh, you know, actually, yeah. You take you a booze break, and then and then when you come back, I'll take one. Okay. Uh, and then we'll keep going. Uh, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to go to ads, guys. We're just going to keep on going. <laughs> like, we gotta, yeah, yeah. Burn through it. We only got an hour and 15 for North Bend. Oh, no. That's not enough time. But yep. uh, but we can, we're going to do our best. 
so, uh, uh, oh wait, I have to, I'll, I'll talk about the title sequence app because it's, uh, Soul Bass. It's Soul Bass, very designy, and Eric should be here for this. Yes, yes and Eric should be here for the Soul Bass stuff. So we'll talk about something else. We'll talk about, uh, uh, wait until he comes back. What the the only bad thing about North by Northwest is that I love the soundtrack so much. I hum it for weeks after. Yeah, no, it gets stuck in your head. It's really up Yeah. And just this scene right here, you can just like the excitement. Yes. And then yeah. the, and they also, there's two, there's two themes. There's the love one and then there's the action one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good. So another big thing, Notorious isn't necessarily a very funny one. North by Northwest is hilarious. That's a funny movie. <laughs> it's a funny movie, right? Yeah, Carrie so, is not going to be funny and notorious at all. No, he's not funny and notorious. I mean, he's he says some lines that make he has some like, good lines, lines, but but lines. nothing like he is a, North is by Northwest. It comedy. is just pure comedy because and now, keeps it going. So it is just is, yeah. His early career is mostly like slapstick comedy. Like it's really, really like he's yeah. Like but a, he did Arsenic he did great. and stuff like that. Arsenic and Liz. But but he also what's the other one that uh, that's hilarious? The one with Sophia Loren, the ho- bo- boat house or a houseboat? Remember that one? Oh, houseboat. Yeah. I mean, like he's he's one of the great comedians in film. Yes, like, absolutely. I mean, he's like he he's a he's a great serious actor. He's a great comedian. Um, but he had such like like he's. He is probably my all-time favorite movie star for guys. Like he's just like he just does it all. Like he can handle everything, and he's like uh, he's incredible. Even into old age, he is like he's still very good, very charming, and he always redesigns himself to fit his age. When did he pass away? It must have been seventies, seventy eighties, maybe. Not sure. Let's find out. Yeah, he's uh eighty six. Like eighty six. Yeah, he is like he is a um, like a, a, like I like most actors, especially movie stars. Like the, the where they fail is that they try to maintain the charm that they had when they were in their twenties, and right. uh, and even for like it's much harder on actresses who like you know like they, if they if when they try and do that like it, it gets very very difficult for them. Um, but even for men who there's a lot more leeway in what we allow for men's physique and stuff to uh, collapse, like the, it's, there are only a few people like Tom Cruise who basically remain Tom Cruise, you know, just like, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm 60 years Turning old. 60 for God's sakes. Yeah, That's exactly. crazy. Um, but yes. like, but Cary Grant was very, very aware of how to change as an actor as mm-hmm. he aged. And, uh, and he is very like when he's young, he's, extremely physical and jokey and slapstick and sort of like god you know, a, you know like like in, in arsenic and lace he's absolutely hysterical mm-hmm. and it's as big and broad a performance as you can possibly ask for it's huge you know right it's like absolutely it's like all he's like an anime character right but he's he does it incredibly well and then he he starts maturing when he starts doing like the um uh like uh bringing up baby and stuff like that where right. it's like Mr. Blanding's Mr. Blanding's Rose's Dream House. And like where like because so especially when he's working with Hepburn, right? He is like she is so sort of snappy and smart and grown up feeling that he raises his game a little bit and starts being like, No, I'm an adult. I'm just an adult that has, you know, like keeps on, you know, having little issues and problems and stuff like this. Like he's not no longer a slapstick. And then he moves into 
adult Cary Grant, which is notorious, mm-hmm. where he's like, he's a sexy man who has, you know, like a, a real moody flavor to him. And mm-hmm. then he gets to Cary Grant. And Cary Grant is Cary Grant. Cary Grant is the star of North by Northwest. Like, right. this is when he has mastered it all. <laughs> He's like, I know how to be sexy. I know how to be playful. I know how to be jokey. I know how to be serious. I know how to be super tan. And I wear a suit like nobody's. Yeah, yes. he is a little on the, on the, he, he is a little, on the, said too. Yeah, like, a little on the, on the Donald Trump scale. He is, of tan. He is very, 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 very. This is back when movie. tan would like, you know, what's his, uh, what's Hamilton? Uh, yeah, it's George, George Hamilton. Hamilton's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true, man. He is like he looks like he has just spent like a week, uh, like on the beach, literally mm-hmm. <laughs> living on the beach. Yeah, and there's a lot of glossiness to him as well. But uh, he's, uh, anyway, he's doing it all in this movie. He's doing. He's very orange. Uh, but anyway, so the next thing is, uh, uh, so uh, first I want to talk about. You know, I want to wait for Eric to come by. The the, the title sequence is Soul Bass, absolutely yeah. classic title sequence. So 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 good, and uh, you know, I, I want to throw in just quickly this uh, the from the opening title design sequence. This is a highly architectural movie. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. And yes, the architecture of Madison Avenue is featured in pure modernism here. Now, yep. this title sequence was a hundred percent ripped off, and for 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 Madman. For Madman, Mad yep. For Madman, Madman, right? It inspired Panic Room for sure. I it inspired agree. Panic Room, but 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 for Madman, it was a hundred percent ripped off. And in fact, I talked to uh, uh, Karen Fong, who is the director of that title sequence over at Imaginary Forces, and she's like, "Yes, we a hundred percent ripped off." Yeah, just go for it. because that it was the they wanted to get the style of this, which yep. was the Madison Avenue Advertising Agency, which is where this movie starts. Yep. He is a mat. He is basically the same character from. Madman, yep. Uh, yep. The martini he's, lunches. Yeah. He's like he's not he's not a scumbag, but yes, yeah, it's the same flavor. It's like right. it's the it's the romantic vision of the Manhattan uh, businessman, right? Ad guy. Yeah, and he's and he's an ad guy, and he's that like, was the thing though. That was the that was the ad guy thing. Yep, he's yeah. charming and quick. And drinks as much as you would in like the Thin Man. And, and by the way, can I can I say that a lot of the Jack Donaghy and the relationship with his mother for Thirty Rock, I think mm-hmm. I feel was taken from that. Oh yeah, it's like the joke version, exactly. Yeah, mother. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, Thirty Rock, yeah, like from the get go, he is in a walk and talk where he's just throwing out the lines. He's just like. Like, let's get to business. I'm telling jokes. <laughs> yeah, telling jokes. And he's he's basically talking to his secretary. His secretary is very important to getting shit done, right? Yeah, she's, she's just taking notes. Yeah. She's a psychic. And he's yeah. like, do this. I need to get this guy. And blah, 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 blah. He steals cabs to get to where he needs to go. And where he's going is to get a cocktail with yeah, other people, right? Customers. So they're like, we already got started on our martinis, right? And he's like, oh, great. I'll, I'll catch up. Don't worry, right? That's the whole thing. So he's, but this is an important, very important details because this, this, the way that this thing happens is, is key. He is talking to his secretary. His secretary says, you got to get in touch with mom about the thing, about the play, call her up and this thing. And it's just, okay, go. And then he's like, she leaves and he goes, oh crap, I forgot to tell her. 
she's not going to be at her house and her phone's going to be disconnected. So I don't know how to get, she's not going to be able to get in touch with her. So he sits down. So, so he sits down at the, at, at the table <laughs> to give, uh, to, to meet these guys. And he's like, I just realized I got to get a telegram to my mother. I right? just, I just wanted to point out where yeah. is he? He's at the plaza and where mm-hmm. is he? Where? Oh, he the Oak Room. Down- that's right. He's yeah. In the Oak Room. Yeah, that's right. The Oak Room. <laughs> my, my, uh, coaster at my desk here ever since I've moved here, or actually back in LA. To those watching, is a plate from the oak room. room. There you go. And they have a tradition every New Year's Eve where you take these metal plates and you drop them and make a sound on the floor, the tile, Mm -hmm. as though when the ball drops exactly at midnight. Wow. So I was walking through the city. I was with a bunch of friends in like 84, 85. We're like, oh, my God, the ball's going to drop. We're going to miss it. We were drunk on our asses. Like, just go to the Oak Room. We went to the Oak Room, and it was all these older people there. And we're just like, put the plate up. We put the plate up, and then I put it in my back of my jacket. I took it. <laughs> so nice. I still – and basically, that's it. That's nice. amazing. And it's like a pewter. It's like a metal. Yeah. So every day I look at this, and when I saw it, I'm like, that's the Oak Room. <laughs> yeah, it's hysterical. That's great. But I've actually been to that house – where they stole and robbed, took them too. Oh, the, yeah, they, they, they. I took. I. I. You know, when I used to work in film, I actually drove Art uh, Elgort. You guys keep talking. I'll be right back. I'll be right back hey, to that house. And when I drove through the entrance with Arthur Elgort, who's the father of the, uh, uh, Ansel Elgort. El- yeah, Ansel yeah. Elgort. Yeah. He was just in uh, Tokyo Vice. Love Tokyo Vice. Tokyo Vice, fucking rock. And I was like, oh my god. This is the house from North by Northwest. That's and we so both good, looked at dude. each other and we're like, that's the house from North by Northwest. That's the bookcase full of booze. Look at this. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing, dude. Yeah, that's, that's like very for, funny. And yeah, like the, it's like if I ever wanted to get a movie prop, I would get any of the things that say his initials on them, the ROT. Like, I, don't, I, th- I think that's just, ever since I was a kid, I was like, why is that so fucking cool? <laughs> he just says like the I, handkerchief with our. I don't have, you know, I have stuff, but I do have in one of my uh, trunks is uh, when I was in Malta, I got all these, all the, all the desk props for Jeff Bridges in uh, White Skull. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. So that's it's good. like all the notes he had and all the little pictures of family and stuff. Yeah. I nabbed those. I just kind of walked on set at That's the end right. of shooting. I was like, Man. Uh, Dave, uh, uh, Dave uh, 3D guy uh, in chat, appreciates the tale of thievery. Does he? <laughs> yes, he says, I love when podcasters admit their misdemeanors on the air. Absolutely. Well, hey, and- you know what? I, I, I was not of clear mind, and I regret I, it. I don't think you should do excuse that at all i think it's beautiful in fact like dave is i've been on a misadventure with uh, the misdemeanor with with dave 3d um You've and now a misdemeanor yeah because uh, and now that he's uh now that he's passed the amazing douglas trumbull will never catch us oh right 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 we're breaking we told story into <laughs> we're breaking into his special effects place and wandering around and stealing a pen <laughs> you stole his pen that's right <laughs> And then we're caught by him and uh, told them. You were caught by him? Yeah. Yeah. We, just as we were exiting, we, we tried to pretend like we were waiting for a tour. And he's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> he's like, no tours. Yep. It was yeah. fun. So Mr. Media okay. Plus. I, I do, I do want to, I do want to uh, just real quick piggyback on the, the Oak Room story. Guess where I'm having dinner tomorrow? 
Yoko. No. Oh, Musso and Franks. Musso and Franks. Frank. Musso and Franks. <laughs> God bless. God bless. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since it's been the Musso and Franks. Always mm-hmm. good. I had a lot of my Very excited. We're going to do that, and then we're going to go see Chris Rock. Oh, sick. That's great. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, so he goes. Right. To, uh, so he goes. Okay. So, right. Right. So, important sequence events. Right. So, he goes there uh, specifically to catch, uh, uh, to, to, he's trying to do a telegram. As he's doing a telegram, there's a bellboy behind him saying, uh, what's the other guy's Mr. name? Kaplan. Mr. Kaplan. Mr. Kaplan. Mr. Kaplan. He's like, boy. Mr. Kaplan. And then, so as he's doing it, there's guys looking at the bellboy calling for Mr. Kaplan, right? At which point he turns around, calls for the bellboy. He's not Mr. Kaplan. His name is uh, something else, right? He goes, calls him, asks him, can you send a telegram for me? So I can't do that, but you can, I can show you where to go. So can you excuse me? Sure. So he gets up, but as he gets up, the guys who are looking at the bellboy thinks that's Mr. Kaplan. Right. It appears right? to be Mr. Kaplan. So. It appears to be Mr. Kaplan. So they go in to grab Mr. Kaplan, right? So so he goes to where he's supposed to go to telegram. The two guys grab him and they're like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, you're coming with us. And they put a gun and he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like just completely confused, right? Mm-hmm. Complete. He is a Madison Avenue. Avenue ad executive. Ad executive, right? He is not, doesn't make any sense. Think thing. Right? And so, so finally, after that, uh, they're like, wait, what? Uh, they put him in a car and they drive him to this fancy house. So, where you said where that fancy house was, Eric? It's Glen Club, Long Island. It's okay. in Long Island. It's in Long Island. Okay. Gold Coast. It's the Gold Coast kind of thing. I don't know if it's Loc- It's not Locust Valley, but it's right around there. Okay. Um, so, so, so he goes there to, uh, 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 I'll get it for everybody. Hold on. I know Dan wants to buy it. So I've been looking at it anyway. I've been, yeah. yeah. You know, plumbing needs to be redone, but yeah. You know. They put him into the library and they're like, he's like, I'm not who you think I am. Right. I'm trying to and remember. He's, and he's got the full on Cary Grant voice by this point in his life. So yeah. it's like the full Atlantic sound. <laughs> Listen to him. Blah, blah, blah. You know. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Mr. Kaplan. <laughs> yeah. And so, but, he, but he also is jokey-jokey the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, like, not, like, he's, not, he's not put out by it. He's just sort of like, you guys got the wrong guy. He's like, like, no, I gotta, I've got to have dinner with my mom and go to the yeah, theater. That'd right? be silly. That'd be silly. And then at which point some guy shows up who says he's what, – what's the guy? He's some other guy's name, right? Mm-hmm. The name of some some other guy. Um, and they're like, okay. Um, and then as that, show, as that guy shows up, uh, he – he says, you go by many names or whatever. And he's like, wait, what? That's completely confused. Oh, and uh, what's his name? Um, James Mason. James Mason is the James guy who shows up, James right? Mason, the villain. The shows villain up. shows up, has this big speech with him. And then who's the other guy? The other the, Martin Landau. Martin Landau, that's right. <laughs> Martin Landau is there and the two thugs. And then they lock him in the room. It's like, you should have a drink, Mr. Uh, and it's like, I don't want a drink. I need to get out of here. It's like, no. We insist, and they yeah. shove him down into the couch, and they pour an extremely large pour of bourbon. It's a highball glass, highball glass with full bourbon. of bourbon, yeah. and they basically shove bourbon down his throat, right, to get him completely trashed. Right. Uh, uh, so I don't know somehow this. What works. they want from this guy? What, what they want from Roger Thornhill is the real is the real is Cary Grant's real name, Roger Thornhill, 
And what they want from Roger Thornhill is totally unclear for Harry Grant. He's just like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm not Mr. Kaplan. And they're like, right. that's exactly what Mr. Kaplan would say. You know, yeah, and like, it's, like, there's just no way out of it with these guys. Right. It was like, and so it's like, suddenly he's like, it's uh, the spy who wouldn't be like, you know, like it's basically like he's a spy without realizing he's a spy, right? Right. So he's right. all upset about this, but they get him completely trashed. They put him inside of a, in a car. They're going to just kill him. There's they're no going to, they put him in a car, but they wanted to make it look like an accident, right? Yeah. So they get him really drunk. They put him in a car, have him drive the car. And it's exactly the same kind of scene that was from Notorious where, except, mm-hmm. you know, drive him off a cliff, right? Right. But in this scene, Cary Grant somehow musters enough energy to get lucid. Right. <laughs> What's going on? Just in time, even though it's completely drunk, shoves the guy out the door and drives off with the car. Drunk as hell, completely blottoed, and barely has control of the car, but continues to drive. So now we have two scenes from a tourist driving <laughs> drunk with the car and trying to get shoved off the cliff, right? Right. Right. Which I think it, this is why I said this is like the practice. Yeah, there's the yeah, practice, <laughs> practice, uh, uh, North and Northwest. Right. So, so that's, that's, that's part of what was going on there. So, so then at this point, um, uh, they're chasing him, right? They're chasing him. What's going on? He's continuing to do things. He's narrowly avoiding hitting people, so he hasn't really done anything wrong, right? The cops suddenly see what's going on. They follow him. He smacks into parked police car. No, 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 no. He stops the car so he doesn't get smashed. Right. He doesn't smash into this pedestrian. The cop car smacks into the back of him and another car smacks into the back of the police That's car. That's right. Yes, yeah. Right. And it's all a big mess. And then the other guys are like, uh-oh, the cops, we better get out of here. So they leave, right? At which point the cops arrest him, <laughs> right? Take him to the police station and he tries to explain this crazy story that he's been shoved with bourbon by these people and they've tried to run him yeah. off a cliff and he stole the car. <laughs> you're right? a drunk. That's yeah, you're a drunk. And they're like, it turns out you stole this car. It was reported stolen. Like, what? <laughs> right? And so it's this whole situation. He tries to call his mom and his <laughs> call his mom and his lawyer. Right? Hello, that, mama. This was an odd part of the film. It always is for me because it's – not slapstick, but there was this, it, it just, it's, totally a, it's like, this so... is old time Cary Grant slapstick. Like, yeah. the, like when he's yeah. at the police station, he's like, I'm going to do my drunk act and like, yeah, the, do this whole hit and caboodle. You know, yeah. like the movie hasn't really, you know, gotten into gear yet in, front, in terms but of. Like, the, between the level of comedy and seriousness and the underlining comedy of it, absurdity hmm. and seriousness and edgy kind of scary life-threatening situations like the plane and stuff it's like it's like the the mel gibson films what is it lethal weapon there's yeah. a there's an element that has been replicated forever yeah this like this would be movie. just like like there is no movie that does what this movie does nearly as successfully as it does it. like it's like this is the kind of movie where you know that they must have been writing this as they were filming it. Like they're just like it's completely fucking. It's just I what's think the... so, and it's interesting you say that because from what I heard, it all started just from an image. He wanted to make something where the the end scene happened on uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and it, because like I think that Hitchcock, uh, like most non-Americans, thinks that. Mount Rushmore is sort of ridiculous. 
And he's just like, this it is, is really ridiculous. Silly. <laughs> and, uh, uh, like, this is really silly. It wouldn't it be fun to have a fight scene on this. And so like initially the movie was going to be called um, was the man, the man who fell from Lincoln's nose or something like this. And, uh, and they wouldn't let him title the movie that way, you know? And so like, it started from this, from basically concept art that he thought was uh, both spy-like and sort of over the top because right. if anything's over over the top in America, it's Mount Rushmore. There's a and, great Adam ruins everything about Mount Rushmore because it's such a ridiculous. It's yeah, it's it's sort of like it's it's so it's so American that I sort of love how goofball it is. Like, yeah. I'm just like that's idiotic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just blatantly silly and so you know over. It's even more silly than you think. Watch, watch, watch the Adam Moon's everything on, on Mount Rushmore. It's like, oh God. Oh, it's something else, man. You yeah, know, on and, top and of like, that, it's all stolen Indian land. Yeah, it's all, exactly. Exactly. So like everything about it, like it encodes the, the, the real, the, everything about it actually tells a really great cross section of what is good and bad about America. But it's all, all of that is incidental. Like it's a, uh, it's people wanting to tell themselves this, you know, sort of mythical story and like, mm. and it's so, like it's so capitalist and big, bizarre, and like it's like Vegasy, and it's it's just wild. It's a wild thing to, to yeah, have but done. But did they made that? I'm not defending, hmm? but I think that was a, a WPA project, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's another way. There. So it was just another way. Like they made a ton of bridges in Connecticut. It's, I don't think it was. It wasn't a WPA project at all. It, and, the, and the things that we do, uh, like we find do out. Today, we do, and we do have to say, like the making of it, just like using dynamite to sculpt a mountain, is stunning. Like it's amazing that this yeah. is doable, you know. And so there's like there's something giant, it was. And, and like it was. there's something giant and glorious and beautiful about it at the same time. I don't want to totally say it's kitsch because it's not. It'd be wrong to say it's pure kitsch. It's not. There's something massive and gorgeous about it at the same time as being sort of, uh, uh, sort of ill ill thought through and hypocritical and bizarre uh, that makes it a very special place and in a way that they never intended, but I think it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's massive and it's, and it's wild that they did this, but it's, I can, it was supposed to be way bigger. It It started in 27. Yeah. So I mean, it's got, it's got Roosevelt on it, right? And like, can you imagine that'd be like us doing like, why don't we make an enormous statue of Jimmy Carter? <laughs> like, but there what? must be a reason why they did it, though. There, I'll, there, I'll go to the Adam. Look up Adam ruins everything. Uh, Mount Rushmore, and it's all there. You're taking all your history from Adam ruins everything. Yes, it's pretty good. Why? Pretty good. <laughs> we have to say it is pretty good. It's pretty good. You got to yeah. see it. You'll it's explain not- it. But, uh, but it is uh, it is awful. I have uh, like I have uh, I think I have every feeling you can have about Mount Rushmore, including being impressed by it. Uh, yeah, I, it, it is. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great to think about it from freaking an English impressive. Point. It's impressive. It's incredibly impressive. Actually, what's what's really impressive is this, the mock up. I'll oh, send it to everybody. Awesome. Yeah. It's, the mock up really... is better. The mock up is better than the final product. Than the final thing. Yeah, it's this really it's really studio. because they stopped in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, the mock-up. Can you see the picture there? Yeah, I got it. Click on it. That's cool. Oh yeah, there we go. That's wow. That's wild. Look at that. Right? It's it, yeah. what is it like? Twenty-five feet tall or something? 
Yeah. Right? That's kind of okay. cool. That's cool. It's uh, just like, it's, it's a wild, it's a wild thing. And so like, in terms of the movie, like Hitchcock obviously is like, there is something goofball and magisterial about this simultaneously. And I'm going to make a movie that is this. Like, and that's what the movie feels like. Cause I mean, like you both take, I, I take the movie very seriously and it's also very silly. Like it's extremely compelling. I really care about the characters. The action is insane. And when you're in the moment of the movie, like you take it seriously. It makes, it makes, you're like, yes, my God, get away. And then the moment you step back, you're like, this is really silly. And it's, and it's amazing. It's an incredibly joyful experience, this movie and many movies that are like it uh, or try to be like it get kind of choppy and you can feel them trying to think of the next gag. Like the, this, they're like, they can't wait to get to the next gag because the next gag is better than the last gag. Yeah. Right. Right. So basically what happens here is he, he's now sober and he's in front of the judge with his lawyer and his mother there. And his mother's rolling her eyes at him the whole time. Right. Because she knows his mother, who's an actor who is 10 years older than him. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, she's a little young to be your mom. Right. Uh, but, uh, quite funny. Uh, and he knows, she knows like, oh yeah, you probably had four martinis for lunch and you got shit faced. You don't know what happened. It's like, yeah, no, they they forced bourbon down my throat and blah, 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 blah. And so they're like, "Uh uh-huh. And I was like, no. And he's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to explain everything and we can do this. And he's like, okay, you can take us to the house. Yes, I can take you to the house. So he takes, they all go to the house with the cops he opens the door and this, this other woman opens the door who's never seen before. And she looks at him and goes, Oh my God, a whole, I'm so glad you're okay. How is everything you left in such a state yesterday? Like, who are you? What? Because <laughs> what? <laughs> remember you had so much to drink. Did you take is like, did you steal that person's car? And they're like, you know, this whole thing about this. And he's like, wait, what? And then they're all looking at him like, what's going on? And so he says, no, 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 this is where I was. And he's like, this is where all the bourbon was. And he opens up the, the, the cabinet and it's full of books. Damn it. And then he doesn't recognize anyone. It's a big situation. He says, well, where's your husband? And he's like, he's at, to, he, he's at the UN. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the UN? So oh, I forgot the name of the person that he was impersonating. Hold on a second. Someone else that the, the name that they had. Uh, it was. Uh, Lester Taus, uh, Townsend, Mr. right? Townsend, yes. Right. Lester Townsend. So they're going to go try to find Lester Townsend. So finally, he he gets let go, and then he decides, I got to go find Lester Townsend at the UN. So he goes to the UN to try to find Lester Townsend, right? And he tries to figure out what's going on. He goes to the UN. He, he, he After talking to a few people, he finds out where Lester Townsend is, finds out it's like, I haven't, you know, I've, I've been not living in that house for months. Yeah, it's a property of mine. It's a property yeah. of mine, but I've been living here because I've been too busy with the UN. Because I work at the UN. Because <laughs> I work at the exactly. UN. Right. I don't have time to, go. and it's like, wait, what? And as that conversation's happening, suddenly he gets killed by a knife in the, in the back. Stabbed in the back. <laughs> so someone, someone th- and then uh, falls onto Cary Grant in front of all these people. And right. Cary Grant is sitting there with a dead man 
holding Knife a knife, hand. knife in his hand. <laughs> Classic, <laughs> right? Classic scene that you get in. in Which movies. Hitchcock has done twice already with remaking. Uh, what do you call it? The man who uh, I knew too much. Like it's that that's that's scene right. from Man who right. knew too much. Yeah. It's that the yeah, <laughs> falling to the ground, knife in the hand, kind of bit. It's right. Hysterical. Okay. So so at this point now he's got a he's on the run, right? He's on the run for murder, right? Ah, cops and, are after him. Bad guys cops are after, after him. Right. And he starts wearing his sunglasses. I want to want to point something out. I bought these sunglasses. Oh yeah, these are great and, sunglasses. And these are these are uh, these are called the Grant sunglasses. Yeah. Now he had tortoiseshell. These are metal, but the same shape of the frame is mm. is what the Cary Grant was. They're badass. They're great. They're badass. Yeah. Those and when I were like, uh, yep, I had to had to get these. So they're called the Grants. Yeah. When did you get them? Um, Just before the show, but <laughs> <laughs> not a year ago, but maybe maybe about nine months ago. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, this guy's got style to spare in this movie. It's insane, right? Oh right, and then oh, and there's pictures of the they take pictures of him. So the pictures of him everywhere. So now he's really on the run, and he's trying to figure out what to do. Right? He gets on a train. This I'm, I'm getting the sequence right. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Right? It's such a crazy movie. It's like. A bunch of crazy shit happens is what right. the movie is. So it's hard to get it in the wrong order. They're after him. <laughs> They're after him. But, but right, he right. gets on a train mm-hmm. and he's still trying to sort of hide himself from the situation, right? Right. Um, he's still wearing his sunglasses. Um, and, uh, and he decides to hide himself with this beautiful woman. Fine, fine. He, he sits down to dinner yeah, at Grand the Central dinner Station. Time. Oh, yeah, Grand right. Central Station, right? But he gets, he just hops on this train and he, like, this, Meets this woman. Oh, right. Wasn't it like he trying to buy a train ticket and they like figure out that it's him and he gets away again? Like it's yes. a, little, yeah. Yeah. a little bit of, a little bit of business with that, right? Yeah. That was going on. But anyway, he's on this train and he meets this, uh, uh, he meets this gorgeous, gorgeous blonde. Ava Marie right? said, Ava Marie, Ava Marie said, said, uh, who's she's still alive. No, she's no. Yes. Yeah, she's a yeah. hundred. Yeah. She's wow. great. Uh, you've seen her in on the waterfront. She's the mm-hmm. great actor. And, uh, and she's sort of uh, she's a little she's you know blonde so she's not totally unusual for a Hitchcock leading lady but uh, she has a a character to her that like I is think really Hitchcock unique. really wanted to have sex with her yeah like she's <laughs> I like, think so yeah like she the closest she comes like in, in terms of other Hitchcock blondes like that's what he would always cast right um like she's closest to um uh, uh her name from Psycho oh uh, right right. Uh, not Tippy. No. Yeah, it's like Tippy is like is very sort of light. What's her name's mother? Um, Tippy yeah. Hedren. Yeah, Tippy then, Hedren, right? And then, but in um, in Psycho, it's uh, Jamie Lee uh, Curtis's mom. Yes, uh, Janet Lee. Janet Lee, thank you. And Janet Lee's a terrific actor. I love her. And she was. Yeah, she's really. She, and but Janet Lee oh, has no. uh, like is very very keen, cynical, uh, intelligence. And, uh, and she's, that's why she's perfect for Psycho. And, uh, and like, she's like, she's a good person, but she's sort of, she's, she's smart enough to know that you can't really trust even, you can't really trust everybody. Right. And Ava Marie Saint has that without the cynicism. Mm. Like, and so like, cause Tippi Hedren is, it's not that Tippi Hedren is dumb in the birds, right? Like she's a perfectly smart character, but she's a very, uh, it's centered around the fact that she is struggling with her own frivolousness. Like she is a serious person who wants to have a serious life, 
but she can't get out of her own way in terms of people taking her seriously. And so she's a lighter, breezier character. Uh, or you have someone like uh, Ingrid Bergman, who's not blonde, but Ingrid Bergman, who's sort of like her intelligence is sort of like a hang up. Like she knows too much about the world to think about it positively. Yeah, she's too smart. She's yeah, and so like, but Eva Marie Saint is both super sharp and optimistic. Like she's like, I get it. I understand why people are cynical, but that's why we fight the good fight. Like that's her, and it's a really, it's a really unique character for her, uh, mm. for him. Like it's, it's his most optimistic female lead, and that's why I really, really love her in this thing. Right, right, right. Well, she's the most openly sexual too oh she's like she doesn't give a fuck dude she's not trying to hide it at all no <laughs> like that's the best yeah no no, no. It's, this is straight up sexiness right here. like yeah, like she just gets it, in there, it, just it, like, it take it makes the james bond film feel like you know prudish <laughs> yeah well the thing is like james bond's sexiness are like the women in james bond films for instance are always sort of semi unaware of their sexiness like and they're not idiots but they're always sort of just like Looking at me, my God, why? Like, mm-hmm. whereas, like, every every saint just walks on, is in total sexual control of the entire scene. Just like, right. you better fucking keep up with me. Right. <laughs> you're like, okay, holy shit, yeah. Like, it's right. it's it's really it's really great. It's very it's very exciting for a character, and there's just no shame involved in her life at all. No. And she's just like, I'm I'm into it. Let's roll. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really really it's really great. Sex it's- positive movie in the sixties. <laughs> Very 59. 59 even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. During the, 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 the MAGA years that the, the MAGA people love to think about. Yeah. <laughs> you know why you thought life was simpler back then? Because you were four. Yeah. <laughs> of course things were great. Things were always great when you were six. <laughs> when you're six years old. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so meets her on the train. Meets her on the random, train. Random woman on the train. Random. Seemingly uh, random woman on the train. Seemingly random woman. Seemingly random woman on the train, uh, and she sort of decides to help him, mm-hmm. protect him from the cops. That yeah, he comes and sits down at her table in the dining car. Right. They're just like, please let me fucking hang out here until the heat passes. Right. right. And her response is like, maybe we could have sex though. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Essentially, he, yes. Essentially, exactly. And he's like, yes, because you're Eva Marie Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't planned for that, but I uh, guess that's a yes. Any any movie with a dining car train scene, I'm all in. Oh, it's yeah. Awesome. yeah it's you know, I also yeah. love the fact that, you know, sat down, ordered a Gibson, you know. Mm. But, and by the way, the Gibson served in the teeniest little martini glass. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's just great. So much style in this movie, dude. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And like, it, like the dialogue that get, they get into is sexier than anything you've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it is the most, it is the absolute, like, I mean, of course it's the fifties. They can't say, say things, but there are lines in there that they had to cut out because they Did lost they? a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like, we understand what you're trying to do, Mr. Hitchcock, and uh, we were not going to let you do that. But it's a, gone like a that. little too far. Gone yeah. a little too far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in so fact, the, the, edit, the, the, the fact that he was forced to edit out some of that is why he chose the ending shot that he did. Ah. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is like literally the most 
might as well shoot a giant porn scene. <laughs> just porn. <laughs> just porn. Just porn. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so, so yes, they have their, their, their little rendezvous. She is obviously keeping him in the room safe from the cops, which is an important part of the mm-hmm. thing, right? And he is, uh, enjoying, uh, her hospitality, shall we say, right? Mm-hmm. As they go through the situation. And he, uh, like, what's all, and he can barely keep up with it. This is the best thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, but is, remember, he's not really a spy. He's just like, yeah, yeah like, he's, and, a, he's and, an and way, he's, he's like, he's uh, on the run. He's like, I'm trying to get away. Yeah. And I'm like, but at the same time, he's kind of a scoundrel. You've already figured that out. And so he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. I mean, uh, okay. All right. I'll take, I'll take this uh, while I'm trying to get away from things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> right. Right. And, and he's then, completely and unsuspicious they, about this. <laughs> and how, how do they separate after uh, uh, coming out of the train? I forgot what happened when they get out of the train. They, yeah, he they plays a corner. Yeah, right. Mm. right. Mm-hmm. With another, right. uh, ex, uh, like one of my favorite, uh, this is much more obvious, but I really love the, uh, the, the uh, rear projection walking shot here. It's pretty right. great. And it, like, I love when you can see the actors that are great at rear projection walking shots because they, they know how to do the the saunter like this bouncing up and down and like, and you know, it's just like, they got this perfect dolly back footage that they're playing behind them. Right. And like it, the only giveaway really is that it's so smooth. You're like, I don't think this is, Are this they can't really, really be real. It <laughs> <laughs> seems awfully liquid. Yeah. 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 But it's and fun. It's here's the fun. thing is like, you know what, you know what, you, that's the thing, right? They were doing this stuff. A lot, like when people think about like, oh, virtual production is going to revolutionize them. It's like, so cutting dude, edge, man, yeah. we've been doing this for since you forgot we used to do this film. all the <laughs> time, all the time. When I know you're spending millions of dollars building these stages to do this, yeah. but this was done all the time. Yeah, when it's like they spent millions of dollars building a stage to do this for 2001. Yes, like this has been a thing forever. Now, now you're using a TV set instead of a, a theater projector. <laughs> That's about it. That's your big. That's your big game. Yeah, it's a great. It's it's very. If you know it, everybody is building them. Oh yeah, and the thing is, man, oh like the, the 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 actual great advancement isn't the screen itself. It's the fact that you have um, that the data on the screen is linked to the camera via trackable. It's track. It's instantly trackable. That's a big, well, that's, big, big. That, that's I understand that's the case, but it's not necessary. Look at this film. A lot of the cameras are locked off, and they yeah, still like, are amazing shots. Yeah, but the storytellers don't work that way anymore. The, the the thing is, is that the reason why things like when you watch the man, look at yourself on the screen with the green screen going over Dan as you're eating. It's pretty hilarious. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it story. looks like you're you're putting your head down in this lap area. Hey, we're talking let's about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let's wait. It's all part of the thing. You ready? Yeah. See, like get your screen caps now. That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, like this, that's the thing, dude. It's like with, with, uh, with like the way they use the technology now, it breaks in the same way it broke back then because people, uh, when they don't try to hide it through filmmaking, it's obvious that it's fake. Like right. you, you need to do it well. And, uh, and when you just sort of like film it, it doesn't work. Like you do have to do a lot. It's, a, it's a magic trick and you have to be a magician to do it. Right. Yeah. It just, it just, I like, I mean, look. Listen, and I'd really like some of the technology in, in, mm-hmm. in, in these LED wall stuff, but it's like at the same time, it's like, let's not pretend that this is the revolutionary. Well, it's not like a high like, in supply. Like, it's just a, it's a, it's a better way to do a thing we've been doing for a long time. Yeah. That's about it. To, to some also extent. 
Yeah. Also, I think because Hollywood been, has been so beat up, I think it's just a way to get excited about something new. Sure. And it feels more like I think that people, you know, we, we talk about this on the show all the time. It's just like if you hate, if you think that VFX ruin movies, that's because you're seeing shitty VFX. And like because there's so much shitty green screen that, you know, it's just Marvel films are filmed sloppily or whatever it is. Well, like, you're not shitty VFX. Right. It's I mean, come movies. on, think, it's think, it's about, think, think yeah. about Think about what directors were given I mean, i'm talking like you know five ten years ago hmm. before led screens were even a thing they were sent to a room filled with blue or green and say like, good luck you'll yeah. see it you know and that's a shitty Big film shot. experience yeah right like i said that's a shitty filmmaking experience right right, right. and and that's not fair to them Right. Uh, it's honestly. needlessly difficult to make that work. Yeah, it's not and, fair to them to do that. And and then now they put LED walls. Like, well, at least I know what the hell's happening on the screen. Yeah. I get it. But at the same time, I was like, well, guys, did it take you this long to remember rear projection? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the thing is, I think that the reason why people celebrate it so much right now is because is it's basically because it feels a little more physical and people want to believe in the physicality of production because it helps them believe in movies. And, yeah. uh, and I, and I, and I get it. I understand, you know, like, uh, but the thing is like these tricks have always been going on, whether it's CG yeah. or whether it's not CG, it's still the same trick, you know? And so like what you're really tired of is shitty filmmaking. You're not tired of VFX, you know? Oh, a hundred percent true. And, you know? and, and the other thing is when you shoehorn it and it's like, Oh, don't worry. It's going to be an exciting film because we're going to have all these special effects and people love special effects. Turns out they don't, they, they, they only like special effects if it's surrounded by a good story. That's it. The best yeah. distraction is a great story. Like right. if you want to sell your story, like it's like you, it doesn't bother me when, uh, you know, uh, the effects in whatever 2001 don't look photo real because it's a really great movie and it's art by itself. Like, but you know what? On top of that, they do look real. And they look real. <laughs> also, they look incredibly good. <laughs> they look really, I mean, like, really good. It's just like you know, like I wouldn't like. There's there's painting. There's match match shots of the Earth in 2001 that like you can say, yeah, okay, that's a painting. But mm -hmm. who gives a shit? It's great. You yeah. know, that's great. And Whereas, there's like, definitely that in in this movie as well. Yeah, uh, but okay. like in in the quadra in what was it called the Quantumania, the new Ant Man ad that I saw. Maybe the movie's great, but like when I saw the ad, Quantumania. Was just, Quantumania. Yeah. yeah, and the ad is. Like, I was just like, you may as well just show me the green screen footage because that looks more real than what you're showing me in this. Yeah, episode. it's out of control. Yeah. Like, this is just a bad idea. I don't know why you're doing this anymore. Like, this this is just, like... And they spent a lot on that. Yeah. I mean, like... I just read a lot of LED today. screens. That's full LED screens. Yeah. That's not green screen. New, what is the well, there new... is green screen, but there's yeah. a lot of LED walls yeah. left there. What was that? Go there? Hey, don't worry about me. Uh, the, I think it was the Fast and Furious 10. Is that it? 10? The, the 10, number 10, correct? Yeah, that's Fast. coming out. That's not yeah, yet. That's made, 340 right. million, not prints and advertising. Not PA? What? Yeah. Jeepers, creepers. That's a lot that's of money. That's a lot spending. of money. That's risk. Yeah, but they, you that, know what? They'll make, it. They'll make it. They'll make it. It will, but that's. You sound like a studio point. executive, Chris. I'll make it. This because you'll make it back doesn't mean like think of think of, think of it this way. They could put out a Fast and the Furious movie that cost twenty dollars at this point, and it would still make a billion dollars, and then you get to keep that three hundred and fifty million. <laughs> yep. I like, think sometimes people want to spend three hundred and fifty million dollars because they can and yeah. because it's gonna be a really good time on set. Yeah, exactly. Man, the catering 
is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, the catering is going to be great. I told you about the time when I went. I was on set. Uh, yeah. I was on set for Lady Killers, the Coen Brothers Lady Coen Killers, Brothers. possibly the sole bad Coen Brothers. Film. Right, and they're they're it's like we're going to do barbecue for 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 Friday. And it's like yeah, it's like oh, what are we doing? It's like Chateaubriand and prawns. I'm like, oh, very nice. fucking kidding me. Like <laughs> I'm full, used full, to... full beef tenderloins, like this, just nothing but filet mignons around the. I was like, oh my god! And this it was really, like, it's like, yeah. it's like you're in an Oprah audience. This is my filet mignons for you, filet mignons, filet mignons for you. And I'm like, and they're like serving, and 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 this is, but it's, what's funny about it is that they still served it like it's catering. So you're still <laughs> dealing with the fucking paper, paper plates, plate, tin foil, yeah, yeah. and the lemonade, you know, right, exactly. Because I was like, can I at least have a good bottle of wine to go with this? Because yeah, exactly. it's ridiculous, you know. <laughs> like, like, I got my Chateaubriand, my Twizzlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. This makes no sense. Yeah. Anyway, back yeah. to back to where we were. So so yes, he has he gets away, uh gets uh escapes his deporter, but then something triggers him to want to go see her. What's the what was the thing that makes her want to go see her? Oh wait, hang on. They're in Chicago, by the way. I yeah, think. when they're at the hotel, he wants to go see her is because well, no, he didn't go to Sear. He went to look for the guy, and he, he, he went to go look for, for 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 Kaplan, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, as the guy says, no, the guy left this morning. He noticed her come into the hotel. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. 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 Yeah. So and he's, he's like, to... and then he looks at where she goes, and it's the fourth floor, and then she goes to room four six three. Right. There you go. There you go. So he goes to the hotel to try to find this Kaplan guy. By the way, just just so you know, so less confusing. Kaplan does not exist. It's not a real person. This it's is the scene fiction. in which you find out basically that Kaplan is not real. Kaplan is not just real a... person. They just book hotels for him, and he's a fictional person. And so uh, uh, James Mason has been chasing Kaplan all right. around the United States, who's not a real person, right. and thinks that basically Cary Grant is Kaplan, who he's not. Kaplan is Grant a device. Cary Grant doesn't the realize that 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 Kaplan is not a real person, yeah. and he's chasing him around too, and then figures out. He's actually not even a real person. But there right? is something about that scene where it says everything. Is it in that scene? For me, that tiny razor is, and his expression on his face is like the absurdity of it all. Yes. Right. And that's the razor that he got from the train. Yeah. So, so all the like train has all these like little this. mini, mini things. Yeah. And mini razor says to shave yeah. his face, right? But, but like the way it, he looked at it, and the way he showed it to somebody else while doing like, that, what the fuck is this? This <laughs> is absurd. Yeah, this whole is world silly. is absurd. Yeah, and like it, it makes it okay that everything that you're watching is non is virtually nonsensical, right? It's just like it's completely off. It's like wall. you know, it's you know, it's even more absurd than this movie. Well, yeah, it's an install it's razor, razor. <laughs> exactly. You know, right? But Very yeah, funny. The Kaplan, it turns out, is uh, is just a a device created by the CIA so that they can track and entrap James Mason. Like it's James all part of, part of a lure. Part of a lure. Part of a lure. Okay. So then he finds, he sees her at the hotel, goes to see. Oh no, wait, doesn't she give him an address? That's right. Cause this is the plane scene. Right. So he's supposed to go to, this is the before. Okay. She gives him a specific address to go meet Kaplan. Right. Right. And, Right, yes, and it's right. in the middle of nowhere. So he gets on a bus to go to this thing and uh-huh. find, and then like he gets there, and it's in the. By middle the way, that's of the field. same road where James Dean died. Is it? Yep. No shit. That's wild. That's crazy. Okay, with Ralph so Rudrick. He, 
So he goes to the specific address, which is in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere, to meet Kaplan. Right. And we get one of the great set piece scenes in history. Right. And at this point, he's just sitting there waiting, and there's a crop duster that's uh, flying around. And here it is right behind us yeah. on our screen, uh, if you're watching the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, our YouTube or our Twitch. Uh, this is a scene. He is chased and gunned down by this plane, and it's one of the classic scenes in there. He gets away with it because he dodges under a truck, and the, and then the plane crashes into the truck. Into the truck, right. Huge explosion. By the way, 1959, that shot was freaking expensive. That was oh, that's yeah. my – yeah. Big time. That big time. is big – that was a big explosion, big thing going on. This was a – Inspired uh, Indiana Jones, too. Yeah, inspired Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, this is a big thing, right? So he gets away. Then he finally finds his way back to the hotel to find Kaplan. Then he sees Abraham Hussein there. Goes to her room. It's like, why did you send me here? He gave a very specific address to go to see this guy. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. She gets a little suspicious about it. At this point, he's still in a room. And he goes, why don't I take you out to dinner? So I have other plans and she gets on the phone with someone on the phone. She says, yes, I'll meet you there. She writes down an address on the, on, on her pad goes and he goes, you have specific, because she says she's in, Big Lebowski. she's in, she's <laughs> right. in, she's in, uh, adver- no, uh, industrial design. I think that's what it is. Right. And so it's like, you have industrial design business at this time of night, et cetera. He goes, yeah. So it's like, how about we go to dinner? It's like, great. Let's go to, uh, let's go to, uh, dinner and says, and she says, but you know what? Your suit looks terrible because he had been chased by a plane and he's got cross dusting. Right, right. It's like, you should get that taken care of before we go to dinner, right? It's like, I'll get the valet to take care of it. So the valet comes to take a suit. So now he's without clothes and he goes, well, what else could we do in 20 minutes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With my clothes off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Huh. Like this, yeah. My this is, huh? It's like, and she looks at him. It's like, how about taking a cold shower? <laughs> so Which is, she's just like reeling him in the whole time. Yeah, it's I was like, all right, all right, fine. And he says, I think I will take that cold shower after all. At which point, she bolts, right? right? And he's, but he's not really taking cold shower. He's looking at her leave. After she leaves, he gets out of the room and he rubs pencil on the piece of paper to see the imprint of the last thing she wrote. And right. gets the address of where she's going. That's right? the big Lebowski moment that Brad, the big Lebowski moment about, right? that Eric was talking about. And then he gets in there, and then he decides to follow that address. And turns out that is an auction house, right? Mm-hmm. At which point you see James Mason with Ava Marie Saint. James Mason has got her hand, his hands all over her, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, uh. uh he does creepy men well. Oh, he's great. So I, I, I was I was actually discussing this. Like I love uh, the uh, TV movie version of uh, Stephen King's Salem's Lot, in which James Mason is the uh, is the main villain. He's like he's not the vampire, but he's the vampire's basic, yeah. you know showrunner, and uh, and, <laughs> and his uh, his unbelievable, wonderful disdain. Like he's just like. Oh, good to see you. I mean, every everything that he says, you're just like, God, he fucking hates everybody he's talking to all the time. I think is what is is what defines him as an actor, and I think it's also because he wanted so badly to be a leading man, but he's 
somehow a little creepy. And so he kept on being cast as the kind of creepy dude. And that's why he's perfect for Lolita. That's why he's perfect for this. You know, incredible actor. But like the longer he goes, the more creepy guys he plays, the better he gets at it because he's like, I can't fucking believe you that can't I'm not do Terry a James Grant. Mason voice and not be creepy. It's just amazing, dude. Yes. Oh, Mr. Kaplan. Yes. And you're just like, you're just like, yeah, you're fucking, I, I know you're up to something. <laughs> like it's impossible to believe he's a romantic lead. Yeah. And, uh, but he is, he is absolutely, he's terrific in this. And I also like his, um, I like the weird sexual tension between him and Martin Landau in this. Like there, there's like a complete, yes. like they <laughs> yes. are getting it on. Yeah. You know yeah, 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 yeah. Martin Landau is in love. He's in love with him. He's that, and he's pissed that, that, that Mason is (laughs) He's just like, I can't believe you're also nailing Ava Marie's set. No, you can't do that. (laughs) She's evil. Like, he is the mother from Notorious. Yeah. Oh, God. Exactly, exactly so. It's fucking hysterical. It's such a great performance. And Martin Lando, like, Martin Lando was a great actor and was not recognized for his greatness until finally Ed Wood, Wood, when he was like 87 years old. Uh, but he is. Eddie is cold. <laughs> it's the best. Martin Lando is a heroic actor. He's like, he's great in everything he's ever been in and only finally got a fucking Oscar for, uh, thankfully, Edward, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, so at the auction house, he yells at her for being, you know, the, the slutty tramp that she is, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh she's upset and crying <laughs> because he called her a slutty tramp right. as opposed to uh 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 ingrid bergman from the previous films where she says i'm a slutty tramp prove me wrong <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> right but but then Ava marie saint is like oh no you know oh this is upsetting right and right. and yes oh no this is upsetting <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know where i'm going with this but anyway you're getting it uh, but they're still at an auction house, and he's bidding on some weird, weird artifacty thing, yeah. right? And they're he's like, willing no, to pay any price for that, any thing. price for this thing, right? And it's like he gets it, okay. At which point, now, uh, 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 Cary Graham explains, like, you guys are evil, and you're trying to, and they're blocking him all of his exits, and he's like, I'm much safer with the police than with you. I want to get caught. I want to get caught. Yeah. Right. So, so at this point, they like, uh, uh, they are blocking the two entrances. He can't get out. He sits down at the auction and starts making a complete mockery of the auction. Yeah. And it's, disrupting it's everything. It's and it is funny. hilarious. Yeah. It's He's like, like I think that like, no, he just wants, wants to get arrested. Right. He basically wants to disrupt because the heavies the... are at the door. Right, so he right. needs to get arrested. This is this is a this is my favorite auction scene, maybe second only to Uncut Gems. <laughs> right, <laughs> this is a terrific auction scene. And he's yes. just like, I'm gonna. This is a bunch of effete tomfoolery, and I'm going to make it look uh, incredibly ridiculous. Is the is the major statement they're saying, and also he's gonna get caught, which is what he wants. Right. So he's like, you know. They're bidding at two thousand five hundred, and he's like, he bids like twelve hundred. It's like yeah, he no, builds, no, it's he, up he, he pushes the price up and then goes five hundred. <laughs> right. And then it's like, point is like, no, it's like, it's like, 
It's like uh, one hundred. It's like you know, you know five, eight, eight, like eight hundred dollars, and like nine. It's like no, thirteen. It's like thirteen dollars. It's like no, no, thirteen hundred dollars. No, no, thirteen dollars. How do you know it's not a fake? You know, and it's like he just makes this complete, and it's hilarious, very funny. At which point they're like, "Oh, call the cops! This guy's annoying," and they're all like yelling at him because he's disrupting everything, which is exactly what he wants. Mm -hmm. And they finally get the cops. At which point he starts a fight in there, punches someone. And the cops really come and arrest him, which means the heavies can't do anything about it because right. they're right. And now he's in the cop car and the cop says, uh, uh, he says, tells us like, you guys are heroes, right? He's like, you got me. I'm the biggest murderer of all time. I'm in the papers. You're going to be heroes. And they're like, wait, what? Oh my God. It is the guy it's from him. the pay. Yeah. It's the right. guy from the papers who murdered the, the guy stabbed from the, the dude at the UN. That stabbed the guy at the UN. Right. And they're like, and they're like, okay. And so the guy on the gets on the uh, gets on the on the radio to the police station. It's like we got this guy. And then this guy says, and then he talks to the guy. He's like, wait, what? What? Okay. And it's like we're taking you to the airport, not to the UN, uh, not not yes. to the police station. It's like I want to go to the police station. Take me to the police station because he feels he'll be safer in a police station than right. he would be anywhere else. It's like no, we're taking the airport because of orders, right? So they take him to the airport. He's upset about it. They get him there. Some Which is very TV like. That's yeah, yeah. almost like like this six million dollar man. Well, like this is, I actually love this scene because this is the scene when they like the the F, the CIA is like, okay, so here's what's going on, right? Right. And they have to like it's a total TV scene, like Eric said. That's right. Yes, right. It's totally total. like we had to do it. Our thing. hands are tied. The president's <laughs> on the line right now. Right. I gotta go. And it's such a it's such a <laughs> bullshit scene. It's such a bullshit scene. It's just like Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby could be in the scene easily. That's how TV it is. And like it's such a bullshit scene. And Hitchcock knows it's a bullshit scene. So once the CIA guy starts explaining it, they the, put the big loud sound behind us. <laughs> Fucking engines of the plane drown out everything he's explaining. He's yeah. like, yeah, fuck it. Doesn't make any difference. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's a th- exactly right. I, I was going to say so that. So, so basically, I'll, I'll just preface. He shows up at the airport and they're going to buy like he and the guy, this old, this older guy shows up and pretty much feels like, nope, you're with me. Don't worry about it. The cops are going to let you go. Here's what's going on. I'm part of the CIA. And the reason is. That this all is going on. He's like, yeah, yeah, there's big big airplane jets going on. And so, and so, and so that's why we need your help. (laughs) It's so, it's hysterical. It's so funny. And you can just see them like, like they're, they're, I'm sure like, uh, you know, like whoever, with layman or whoever wrote the screenplay with Hitchcock, like they're sitting around and they're just like, there's no fucking reason. How do we, does this even work? How does this even work, right? It's like, but, just play the fans over it. It'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, no worry. We'll just put something as, as you're walking to the plane, you're just going to be drowned out. And it's like, yes. And that's how, you know, that, that's why France, Paris is the capital of France. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So at this point, he's upset. He's also upset at Ava Marie Saint. Finds out that Ava Marie Saint was in fact working for them the whole time. She's a, so like really when she's crying about like I can't believe in being called a whore. She's she's actually saying I can't believe we get to fuck these two handsome guys and no one's going to complain. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is great. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, this, this is a great gig. <laughs> <laughs> wow, James Mason and Cary Grant. Yeah. 
I'm not uh, even charge you over time. This is fantastic. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, she's, uh, she is she is the real hero of this movie to me. She's like she's in control the whole time. She's uh, she's having sex with who she wants to have sex with. No apologies. Yeah. And it's just it's absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful, oh. hilarious movie. All right, I gotta I gotta step aside for a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna check something out. But keep talking about the plane. Uh, no, they're going at this point. They're going to. Uh, uh, to South Dakota, right? So, <laughs> talk about right, that. <laughs> remember, like, okay, so from that point on, we have, uh, I'm, I'm gonna click on the movie here. So, yeah, we are this one second. All right, so this ends up with having to go to uh, South Dakota because that's where they're going to leave the United States with the art object because the art object has microfilm in it. That's why microfiche. Jim, microfiche, yeah, very advanced technology, and um, and so it's revealed that uh, James Mason, uh, like the reason why they want this is because I mean it's it's like the the bottles of what whatever the sand were yeah. and, and, and notorious, like the these uh, the the art object has the microfiche in it, and they got to get it out of the get it out of the country, and they're going to be taking off from James Mason's extremely nice um, Frank 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 Lloyd Wright style house. Yeah, uh, in North Dakota, uh, which is right above Mount Rushmore. Is that a real house? It is a real house, no. right? No, it's totally it's, set. It's a totally made up. It's house. it's a really great house. It, yeah, it's a it's a Frank Lloyd Wright style house. Yeah, yeah totally Frank Lloyd Wright. Complete modernist experience. Beautiful. But actually, Frank Lloyd Wright, I would argue, is not necessarily a pure modernist. Do you know? Yeah, you know the, you the know famous story, right? I, yeah, Do you know the ahead. famous story, right? No, go ahead. Philip Johnson, who's a pure purist modernist, right? So he, like, at one point, Philip Johnson was called more Mies than Mies. <laughs> right. right than right, Mies right. van der Rohe, who was like, right. you know. Uh, Philip Johnson went to visit, uh, or Frank Lloyd Wright went to visit Philip Johnson at uh, his glass house in New Canaan. And uh, I've, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, by the way, you can, you can Airbnb the glass house. I don't know if you know Ace. that. Yeah, no, I was there in 1990, yeah. 91, and I went out for, they had this luncheon thing, he invited some people out, went with a girl I was dating, and he was there, and we hung out at his glass house and told us stories, showed us art, That's and called my girlfriend and I, um, at the time, my girlfriend, uh, you kitties, you kitties are so young, but he was there with his partner, and he spent the afternoon with him, it was See, awesome, with my sister. But when Frank Lloyd Wright went to visit Philip Johnson at the glass house, Frank Lloyd Wright's line was, it's a really nice place you have here. Where do I take my hat off? Where do I take my hat off? That's right. You told me this one. That's so good. Which is, which is basically like, I don't know what's inside and what's outside. Yeah, so exactly. there's no, this is not really a house, right? And what was Philip Johnson's line about, uh, about Frank Lloyd Wright? He was the greatest 19th century architect. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. It's funny. Yeah, really he worked fun. for Louis Sullivan, didn't he? Frank Lloyd Wright? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. Frank Lloyd Wright? No. Louis Sullivan was yes, after. Did. Oh, Sullivan. Sorry. He I thought you said for yes. Louis Sullivan in he Chicago. He did. And Sullivan. I love young... Sullivan. I love Louis yeah, Sullivan. Yeah, his stuff. There's only one building in New York that's a Sullivan. I remember it. I used to go into yeah, it a lot. But there's a lot of them in Chicago, and they're fabulous. Guarantee yeah. you that there is no film podcast that is more architecturally knowledgeable than Martini Giant. Like, <laughs> there's that you're going to get more fly casting information and architecture information 
and art history information from Martini Giant than any other film pa- po- podcast. This is in true. The United States. And Eric, true. I love, always love it. Eric really knows his shit, man. He is, oh, he's always, now. he is, uh, I, it's, yeah, it's one of the reasons we're great friends because Absolutely. we can have these great conversations. Yep. Yep. And why we continue to do these podcasts in the last three hours because we can't freaking shut up. Okay. Where are we? <laughs> we're almost uh, there. Uh, we're, We're at there. the at James Mason's nice house in South Dakota. James Mason's nice okay. house at this yeah. situation. So now, uh, what, uh, what, um, Karen Grant has figured out this. Anne Marie Saint is all involved. She's actually been an insider for the CIA the whole so, time. Yeah. And they're trying to actually make this work. And they come up with this harebrained scheme to try to get away. So this can all work because By the they, way, need, they need to, I, I apologize for interrupting. Yeah. When AI becomes perfect and we can yeah. do video, I am going to take the scene of Sean Penn in Falcon and Snowman. Ma, Dad, I work for the CIA. Yeah. And put yes. it into the scene where she's with James Mason. <laughs> they, Who are you? <laughs> I work for the CIA. I CIA. I Just love go. Stop being a brat. I need to throw her out of an airplane. Exactly. So, so basically what happens at this point, that's hilarious, Eric. Uh, very funny. Uh, but uh, at this point, um, they come up with this harebrained scheme because what they need to do is they still need to figure out what James Mason has. They haven't figured it out yet. We pretty much know that it's the thing that he bought at the auction, but yeah, it's we're not going to microfilm the, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so, but at the same time, they're like trying to figure it out. So they need to, to keep the thing going. So he's not suspicious so that they can figure it out from there. Right. Um, but the, uh, Carrie Grant doesn't want her to get hurt. So he's mm-hmm. trying to find a way to get her out of this situation. So they need to get rid of Kaplan so that they're not suspicious anymore. So, um, they have a situation where they meet in the public place at Mount Rushmore, which is the cafeteria Mm -hmm. and the cafeteria there they meet. He says something about her, meaning like, I want to get rid of her. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. she betrayed me to James Mason. Right. And she says, Oh wait, what? And it's like, yeah, I need, give me her so that I can get rid of her because of all this horrible stuff that she's done to me. And like, okay. And that didn't work. She then shows up and gets upset at him, pulls out a gun and shoots him in front of everyone and right. runs away. Right. right? Kaplan is dead, they think. Kaplan is dead. Right. And this guy, the guy shows up who is the CIA guy. He's like, no, like pretends to be a doctor, right? Right. He's like, ah, they put him on a stretcher, put him in an ambulance and they drive him away. And in the middle of the forest, the forest set was great. Eric, a hundred percent agree oh, with you. So good. So good. Love I love the forest set. set. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a great set, which they use multiple times. Um, yes, they did. And can I just point out, like, why do we have to be so photo real in CG when you can do something like the soundstage and be able to yeah, it's just and it's a beautiful fantasy experience. That's a it's a That's movie. right. And I kind of that feel like movie. they took Bertolucci took that and used it for the conformist. Oh yeah. God, I love the conformist. That's so a do great I. film. Yeah, great frame. Great. I love and, that. And, I think it's you know, I think it's it's slightly ironic that us CG guys are like, Why are you doing this the way you're doing CG. it when we can yeah. make it better? And I will tell you this when when we made V Ray IRL, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't use any CG for that because we know how much work it was. So we actually purposefully 
avoided CG. Exactly. The only the only CG is the bullet holes in people's heads when they get shot. Right, because that's, that's easy. We know how to that's do that. Right. That's yeah. that's that's easy. Right. But like even our even our our our, our DP Metzger, was Metzger was CG, wasn't he? Yeah, Metzger yeah. CG. Yeah. But even our DP was like, aren't you going to put green screen behind there and just do why? driving shots? And we're like, why? Gives shit. <laughs> but you don't need to actually see something going on. We just put big white screens there, yeah, blow it out. It looked awesome. No it one, you know what? In, and the thing is, when people look at that, they don't even realize it's just white behind it. Yeah, because you're paying attention to the scene. Because like you're, you're the watching. story is selling <laughs> the story. It's a cool fucking little movie you're watching. Yeah. Exactly. As we pat our, as I pat myself and everyone else on the back, mm-hmm. and like that's a that's a great little fucking piece of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Give me but, one sec, guys. I got a yeah, crazy dog. Okay, but yeah, no. It's as Eric's saying. It's just like the the responsibility of making uh, of of doing the great CG or whatever whatever you're doing for the movie is to make art, not to make things photoreal. Sometimes the assignment is photorealism, right? But that's like photorealism isn't a uh, gauge for quality. Like you make something be totally photorealistic, and the shot can still be shitty. Like just because it's believable doesn't mean it's artistic you know or like it doesn't make any difference like there's right. there's there's shots in this movie that are clearly matte paintings and they're fucking great like it looks oh, it just 100 awesome. right like this is just i mean the there's a couple of things where like you know you see a shot of mount rushmore and you see two little people clearly in different color spaces <laughs> yeah exactly sure like there's technical limitations but even then i would argue, they have yeah, compositing tools black, that we have today where we can match yeah, blacks and all that yeah, other stuff but cool. it still works that, still works exactly. I'm Looks totally great. down with the movie is why it's working, you know, Mount Rushmore. And, and so I, I really feel like that's the, the thing that I, I look forward to it. Cause like I see, like I'm, I'm back into video games now for many years now, thanks to my kids and all this stuff. And like the revolution that's going on in video games is in the indie market. Like that's where all of the interesting shit is happening and all the art, like, because it's art. They're just like, they, they have no, um, like these things are being made incredibly cheap by just a few people and they can just make the art that they want to make. And so when uh, like young audiences see this, they're not responding to it because it's rendered so well, or like the characters have so many polys, like they're responding to it because it looks awesome and it's beautifully designed. And I think that if that's true for video games, it's not going to be too long before people start getting away from the, pseudo photorealism of uh, the marvel experience and right. into making artful shots again because you can just do it cheaper and it's more beautiful yes 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 okay so trying to wrap the story but we can all get through all these things after we get yep. through the, the, the story yep. uh so uh at this point he realizes it's like okay everything's gonna be okay she meets him and then he's like, great, now we can get away and you can, he's like, no, I still have to be with James Mason because we still have to get this other information. And it starts and he's like, but wait, no. And he just can't, he can't let her go. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I still have to do this. And so she drives off. They knock Cary Grant off, right? They, they knock him on his head, take him t- and basically lock him up so that he won't compromise the, the mission. mission yep. Right. right. So he's in his hotel room, uh, or not hotel room. He's in the hospital room, <laughs> more specifically. And, uh, the, 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 the old, the old CIA guy gets him some clothes and stuff. And it's like, it's like, all right, you can change now. You can put some clothes on. And he goes, great. And he goes, uh, 
Is there anything else I can get you? Because he's being very thankful for all the help, but he's like, I just, you just got to chill out here. Like until this right. is all done. Right. right. We'll take care because of it. We're the pros. That's we're the it. pros. You just got, you can't, you can't be involved. And he's like, how about, how about a bourbon? Can you give me a bourbon? I haven't had a drink in a while. And I was like, sure. And it's like, in fact, I'll, I'll join you for a drink. And it's like, great. So he leaves and then he's like, great. And then he tries to open the door. Fuck. Can't open the door. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So then he decides to, leave the place uh through the window climbs down the ledge to another room climbs into the room that's dark this woman yells stop screams turns on the light he sees this woman and she's in a hospital and then at which point he he's like ah and then she looks at it puts her glasses on she goes Oh, stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> it is, so a, it is, it is one of the funniest and sexiest <laughs> so scenes. It's, so funny. it's hilarious. Like, this, it's is really, this is, this is, Carrie Grant is like 58 in this movie. And he's still like, he's just, he's just ruling the screen. He's just great. Like, yeah. he's like 58 yeah, at that time. Oh, he's probably in his mid fifties, at least in this movie. You know, yeah. he's great. He's just great. He, he's got such charm. He is, yeah, he is, he is definitely like, look at the picture behind me right now. I mean, he is full on George Hamilton, orange, he looks like a carrot, you yeah. know, but also he's he's, he, he is shirtless in that thing with a towel around him. So there's definitely, you know, a, and, and not, you know, we're not talking like Marvel pecs or anything like that, no. No. but, but still. But he, He's not, he's not like, uh, like objectively physically sexy, like a Calvin Klein ad from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like he's sexy because he's fucking cool. <laughs> he's just cool. And the way he delivers great. lines and the way right. he talks and he's just confident, yeah. man. Just yeah. It's great. All right. Yeah. Good, good looking man. Mm-hmm. Muy guapo. Muy guapo. Man, uh, okay. So then he gets out of there, decides to go to the house. Perry Mason's house, right? Mm-hmm, right. Which is, Perry, as you mentioned, Perry Mason, not Perry Mason, James Mason, <laughs> Perry Mason. <laughs> I've been fighting saying Perry Mason this whole time. So I, always I wish like, James Mason was also Perry. You Mason. said Lee Majors's house. And I was like, yeah. it's not Lee Majors. Uh, and, and, which good. is like, as we said earlier, was the uh, is the Frank Lloyd Wright inspired house. It's got this amazing cantilever steel thing that yeah. was going on. Great. It's an awesome design. It's great. Awesome design. Really yeah. good design. Someone should make that house. That is a great house. That is a great house. Yeah. Um, and he goes there and uh is trying to rescue Ava Murray Saint, right? Mm-hmm. But as he's going through the situation and he's climbing around, you realize several things are happening. There's a plane that's gonna arrive <laughs> that's going to save them, right? Uh, or not save them. That's going to take them to where they need to take the microfiche, the information, right? Uh, she's still up there. She's getting ready. She's part of this whole situation. And then, <laughs> what's his name? Landau. Uh, Landau, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's very much in love with James Mason. With Mason. Yep, exactly. I mean, he'll kill for that guy. The 100%. He will kill. He will yeah. kill. Absolutely. And very jealous of his relationship. It's like she's she's a bad person, yeah. just like the mother so, was in Victorious, yeah, right? Exactly. And tries to convince him that she's bad, right? And what he does is he pulls out a gun on James Mason. It's like, wait, a two brute? You know, that kind of situation, right? And then he fires the gun at James Mason and uh, nothing happens. 
because it's the same gun that she had. Yeah. Which had blanks in it. It's bullshit, Mac. Yeah. Bullshit. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's an old Gestapo trick. Oh no. It's like, yeah. she's been on to you the whole time. I'm the one you really love. Yeah, yeah. man. Exactly. <laughs> all that says these lines. It's true. All that, all that says these lines. Right. But anyway, that's the secret. At which point it's all bad, but because, uh, 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 Kelly Grant was outside, he heard the whole thing. It's like, Oh shit. They're on to her. Right. Ah. So, so bad, right? So then he sneaks up, he tries to get her attention, doesn't successfully get her attention, but climbs into her room and she's sort of wandering around to get the, the stuff going. At which point he figures out that he has a matchbook with his initials on it, which is, <laughs> which, uh, ROT, uh, which she knew because they had an interaction on a train from the previous thing about the ROT matchbook, right? So he takes out the matchbook with his initials on it and then opens it up and says, they're on to you. I'm hiding in your room, right? Closes the matchbook. And then while she's downstairs, he goes over and tries to flick it to her to get her attention. Doesn't work. Which point it lands on the floor but Martin Landau sees it, picks it up, and puts it on the table. Doesn't think anything of it. Just right. thinks that the matchbook is on the floor. At that point, she notices it, reads it, realizes he's there, and then is like, "We gotta get there because the airplane is here, right?" But also, I should note that at this point, Martin Landau and James Mason said, "We're gonna get rid of her. We're gonna throw her off the plane over the ocean, right? Because that's the best way to get rid of something like that." Because of all of her situation. But, and also, uh, Carrie Grant has figured this out. So I was like, I better save her before they throw her off this plane. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Sorry, I'm going really fast about it, but this is, this is where we are. So at now, uh, that, that, that has happened. Uh, she goes to meet him. She realizes like, oh shit, shit's gone wrong, but she still ends up leaving because she doesn't really have a choice. She, it's just too, too tough, right? Right. To get out of this. And, uh, so then, uh, uh, Carrie Grant is sneaking around the house. There's a housekeeper that's still there, right? The evil housekeeper. Yes. The evil housekeeper mm-hmm. from who was also in the, in, in the old, uh, in the other house, right? Uh, right. She, he's sneaking around the house. She spots him through the reflection on a TV. Great shot. Great shot. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. shot. And she's like, she plays it cool, like, oh, I didn't notice him, but she spots him through the reflection on TV. At which point she corners him with a gun. Turns out it's the same gun with the blanks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So she tries to shoot him, but because it's the blanks, he gets away with it, runs out and grabs her as she's about to get on the plane. She realizes I'm screwed because if I get on this plane, I'm dead, right? But he grabs her. And they run off into the woods. Am I missing anything? No, you got it. Okay. Okay. They run off into the woods, right? And then as they get towards the end of the woods, they realize they're on top of Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. So now they're literally climbing around on top of the president's heads. Yes. Trying to get away. And there's a lot of cliffhanging moments, literally cliffhanging moments, right? As they're going through this entire process. And, you know, trying to get away from this situation. I would say that one of Alfred Hitchcock's great obsessions is how scary it would be to fall to your death. 
Like mm, that's yeah. that, that's in suspicion. That's in vertigo. That's in this. It's just like all over. Keep the talking place. for a second, guys. I need someone. Someone. Smoking the bandit. It's smoking the bandit too. It does yeah. the, the 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 double. Yeah, it's like like I, he and I don't think that people appreciate. How, well, I don't know. Like I'm terrified of heights like that. And when I'm I see afraid of like, heights. Oh fuck no, man! I can't like I can't go up on a. T- I would be like, let's shoot this on a soundstage. <laughs> I can't do this. This is way too crazy. But yeah, he really, he really makes a meal out of it. And it's really, really funny. Like it's both, it's, it's scary and weird and dreamy. Like this is like, this whole scene is such a, like, it's obvious that like we were saying before, like this is the source of the movie. Like he thought of this and like, he's like, we have to make a movie that leads up to this imagery because the thing that it's most like in all of Hitchcock's catalog is the Salvador Dali stuff. I remember the Salvador Dali dream sequences with the eye, with the cutting the eyes and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's a Punel shot. It, though. It, that's a Punel shot also, but it's, uh, wait, cause it's the, uh, which one is that? It's, uh, is that, uh, is that? Enter, enter, uh, octagon. Hitch, it's, yes, enter the oct- octagon and Hitchcock Dali is what? Uh, that is, yeah, God, I'll, I'll put the link in the chat. Uh, where is it? Uh, Spellbound. Yes, Spellbound. And the, and the dream sequence from Spellbound is the thing that I think of when I see this sequence. Like all these weird, giant, distorted faces everywhere and these little figures climbing on top of them. That's like straight out of, yeah, like that's, that's almost like Akira Kurosawa's dreams, not like a regular spy movie. It's just great. Okay. I'm back. All right. Uh, so, so at this point, there is, shenanigans going on let's say it is a classic uh a very good action sequence of people struggling to hold on to rock yeah, as they're awesome. doing with the situation right well shot it's very well shot lots of very creative rear projection stuff and matte painting stuff matte painting really like <laughs> really so really good and very exciting right probably like imagine like how they had to figure this stuff out right anyway so they did that and holding on to the cliff, there's a situation where she's about, she's barely holding on. He's reaching to hold her and he's got the hand to hand situation, right? Like, so like one hand going, holding on to this, one hand holding on to her. He's trying to figure it out. Uh, Martin Landau is above them. It's holding on to the pottery with the microfish in it, right? And he's like, he looks at Martin Landau and says, help, help. Like for some reason, why would you? Why? Yeah, and Martin Landau's like, "Yeah, fuck you," and steps on his hand, right, so that he would drop, and then uh, he gets shot, right, because the cops are there. Because finally, the cops caught up from when he left the hospital. That's the other thing that you have to realize. Like, oh yeah, yeah, remember he escaped the hospital, so he gets shot. And then if you go back, then they did a cut to the top, and you realize that James Mason is also caught by the cops, and he's like. He has this little weird nonchalant, right. like, well, that's a shame, you know, kind of look the thing. I thought something about guns, like, like, did he say something? It was a comment about guns, firing guns or something. Yeah, it was something weird. But in any case, now the guy's done. The microfuse is exposed. You can see it inside the artifact. Cary Grant is holding on to the edge of the cliff, holding on to Evermore saying, it is so precarious. It is like, come on, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. 
And then it transitions Mrs. to Mrs. Thornhill. Mrs. Thornhill. Such a beautiful shot. And, and oh. it transitions to him helping her up onto the bunk bed of the train. Of the train. Because that's where they first had shared, right? Great. <laughs> right. And he proposed to her. Actually, I shouldn't mention they proposed. Right? And they're like, oh, this is so romantic. And they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and they're like, this is, this and this is great. And then they, uh, the next, the last shot of the movie is literally a train going into a tunnel. Yes. What do they mean by that though? It what is, the... it's such a flip of the bird to the, to the sensors. Just like, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want us to talk about uh, intercourse? Here's a shot of a train going inside of a tunnel, right? And so, uh, so yeah, so that is the end of the movie. And that is a great ending. And obviously, the, the quote unquote, everyone talks about that symbolism of that last shot, but uh, yep. that yeah, is yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's uh, including Benny Hill. Every other show. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Benny Hill, the auteur of. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Stop dancing up there. Yes. I would love to see a biopic biopic of him. Of Benny of, Hill? Of Benny Hill. Yeah. Because Hill. he really, he was, uh, from what I had read, I know he died in the 90s. And I believe he died right around the time Francis Bacon died. And he used to go for lunch every day at this club in London, exclusive club, and sit by himself and read the papers. But he was married, and his wife died, I think, tragically young, and he never remarried. But he just put all that angst into comedy. Yep. And yep. Benny Hill did. Yeah. So it, it would be wonderful to, like, the secret life of Benny Hill and just open with him at this restaurant. You know, every day he had lunch there. Right. And the total opposite of his insane manic, you know. Yeah. Like, he just lived like a life of a loner, that. actually. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, so a couple things uh, as we wrap up. Th first of all, no, let's uh, not it, wrap up. First of yes, all, are we going to do that dopey film with the what is the vampire dopey film? I hope little... so. <laughs> what? Well, oh, Twilight. The Twilight Marathon. The Twilight Marathon. Yeah, yes, we have that. to figure out the Twilight it's Marathon. It's in the works. Thing. It's in the works. We so, have to figure that out. I don't, I'm going to figure it out at some point. Yeah, uh, if we do it before the next. If we do it before the end of the year, it'd be a miracle. But maybe I can pull off a miracle. Who knows? I think we could do it for charity. Yeah, I and I, I know I know a specific person who works with the Red Cross. So chop chop. Okay, we'll put that on Monday. It. Actually, put it I on Monday. I was just about to say, put that in Monday. Yeah. So we'll do that, and we don't have to talk about business on while no, we're actually I, broadcasting. I do, <laughs> we're actually look, broadcasting. I'm not trying to talk about. Look, I'm not trying to talk about business podcasting. But can I, I do want to say this: I changed the password. Can I just tell you now? Yeah, that's it. Four K three three five zero. Okay, is that capital K? Capital K. Capital, capital K. K. Yeah. Capital Thank K. You. Okay, now don't 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 do that. Uh, what I do want to do want to mention is, um, uh, listen, uh, guys, if you guys, <laughs> I would love to do Hitchcock's Thanksgiving. And I feel like I'm going to forget next Thanksgiving. So remind me sometime. Yes. One, yes. someone in our Martin Giant group, us remind us, you know, come like October is like, hey, by the way, you're supposed to do Hitchcock's Hitchcock Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Now, and and so, luckily, Hitchcock has so many goddamn movies. We can, keep this yeah, we can do Hitchcock Thanksgiving years. for like, yeah. <laughs> for like a decade. No, no, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. No, it's it's awesome and it's uh, like it really was reinvigorating for me to uh to especially watch uh because i i literally just watched north by northwest like three times in this one year but i had not seen notorious in a while and i was like lit up by that one i had forgotten how much i i love the experience so i love yeah. revisiting the stuff we have one day that we can you can't go bad with it yeah it's so good so good absolutely day. absolutely okay so listen, uh, I, I got to get going. I need to help uh, uh, my, my, my daughter with some something. So I need to get going. But thank you guys so much for joining us. And we will uh, keep this going. Uh, I, I need to talk to you guys a couple of minutes after podcast. Right we'll, we'll Sounds good. There. All right. But thank you, everybody you in chat. That's totally awesome. Please uh, check out our Discord if you haven't seen it. Uh, and uh, reach us at Twitter, martini um, uh, underscore giant. If Twitter still exists if next it, week. It still exists. Well, next week we'll see. No, <laughs> I don't think it is. Actually, be on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But our Discord is very active. So check our Discord That's out. Right. Uh, but yeah, thanks very for much, sure. everybody. That was totally awesome. And All Dave, right. yes. Uh, uh, Dave, Dave is correct. Uh, Trumbull was not uh, a visibly mad person. He was actually quite kind. But um, uh, I was quite nervous when we got out of there without mm-hmm. uh, having handcuffs on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that. Breaking into his office. Breaking, you know, I'll tell the, that, another podcast. We'll tell the full story. Good stuff. All right. All right. You guys ready? I'm All right. ready. All right. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.